Congratulations, son. You're gonna get a medal of valor for this. I didn't shoot him. A room full of cops said you did. But I didn't. You did. A Los Angeles Police Department narcotics officer was killed today, serving a high-risk warrant in Echo Park. Give me the bitch. LAPD spokesperson said the officer is survived by his wife and infant child. Shit gets deeper. You get the picture? Yeah, I got the picture. Hey, hey, that is the second time you pointed a gun at me. There will not be a third. Gun Damn, boy. That's what I'm talking about, Jake. My, are y'all watching this? That's it. It'll be my pleasure to put a hydro shock in that hey, melon. Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. No, but I'm gonna be cool. I dropped the fucking gun. Nah. You wanna shoot me, Paul? Go ahead, but I'm taking him with me. I'm going, Alonzo. This motherfucker's a fed, man. Nah, he ain't no fed. He's just a quiet boy with a heart that got the drop on all you fools. Listen, everybody just take a deep breath and just defuse this thing. You hear me, Jake? You can't pull this shit on me, man. I didn't sign up for this. Okay, okay, I know you're angry. Everybody, just put your guns down. Hell no. No, 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 no. Quiet boy first. Hey, listen to me. Put the guns down. That's an order. Put them down. All right, everyone, welcome back. Uh, this is uh, Goddamn at MAHQ, and this is episode 107. And I'm one of the hosts, Neo, and joined with me always is Chris and Solbro. Guys, say hello to all of the guys out there. What's up, what's up, Goddamn Nation? Hi. Oh my god, it's Batman. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? Where's the trigger? Swear to me. But, uh,. Well, like I said, this is episode 107. In this episode, uh, we're going to be continuing on with uh, Gundam Age, doing our reviews of episodes uh, 37 through 40. And uh, we're going to be doing a, another topic, and it's kind of something we came up with, uh, just kind of spur of the moment here. We're going to just talk about some of the uh, famous and not-so-famous uh, pets of mecha anime. So uh, before we begin, guys, do you have anything else before we go into the news? Swear to me! <laughs> Where's that? Okay, um, I just want to do the news, so I'll swear to just want to do the news. Where's the news? Well, here it is. <laughs> God, Batman, why are you going crazy? <laughs> but you know what? Is this really Batman? Because your boy, every time you say something, it's it's in the same cadence. It doesn't change up or doesn't sound differently like uh, the way Christian Bale does it. Shut I guess, up. I, I, I guess I, I just, I, 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 I take my pointers from Kevin Conroy. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we're going to be doing some news, and uh, like always, uh, this is from the Neo's Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Mecha Talk form under the Gundam section. And the first one here comes from uh, Muppet Gundam, and there's a link here, and it's kind of interesting because it's, it's one of those situations where uh, there's a, a new movie coming out, and they set up kind of like one of these uh, fake websites, and um, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this because there's... You know, I, I didn't think, you know, there, there needs to be more movies from the 80s being rebooted. So because, you know, um, why do original ideas when we can just recycle the old ones? It's, uh, there's going to be a RoboCop movie coming up. Yay. Oh. 
Um, so definitely uh, check out his link here, and it's got um, he's not only has the fake um, little website for Omnicore, which is the corporation from uh, Robot or from RoboCop, and um, wasn't it called something else? So it was uh, OCD or something like that. It was oh. Omni Consumer Products. OCD. Uh, OCP. Yeah. OCP. OCP. I'm sorry, I don't OCT. OCD because uh, they just <laughs> they couldn't get enough of cleaning their office. Yeah. <laughs> And he also has a, a, a YouTube uh, viral video that you can check out. And there's a, he says here, there's a sleeker version of Ed 209. Remember, you have 20 seconds to comply. <laughs> Look out, young executives. And I guess now he's going to be called the, the XT908. So they, don't, they haven't showed RoboCop, but I'm sure he's going to look even cooler. And uh, I'm sure this will be an instant success like all the other remakes have been lately. So uh, <laughs> total recall. Um, <laughs> I, I do like the actor that they got to play, um, that they casted for uh, Murphy in this one. His name is Joe Kinnaman. And for those who have been watching uh, AMC's The Killing, he plays the partner of the main character in that show. Or who were watching. Oh, who were watching, yes. <laughs> well, here, here, here's my issue with this. And I, I'd like to probably, you know, if I could be the, the, the spearhead of this um, movement of, you know, these remade movies or these reboots and stuff like that, shouldn't I start to get uh, a discount? should be half price when I go and see these because it shouldn't cost them that much because the main part of writing the story has already been done. So all it is, it, you know, I've, I've already seen this. I already know what's going on. So why do I have to pay full price of something I've already seen? So, so basically you question. want an old old man's discount for having already seen this? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like I said. I mean, what, what, let's say the normal writing fee is $20 million. Well, why, why would they have Why don't I just give you a coupon for the, uh, the early bird special at uh, your local Golden Corral? Okay. <laughs> Will that make you happy? Oh. Not necessarily, because Gold Corral is kind of icky. Um, exactly, but that's where people go. But um, okay, yeah, I'll give you I'll give you one for sweet tomatoes. How's that for you? Sweet tomatoes. Oh, I need to stay regular, right? <laughs> and then one for Christmas. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna eat healthy and have uh, sweet tomatoes because it's it's nothing but salads. But I'll put nine gallons of ranch on top of my salad <laughs> and cheese. But uh, thank you, Miss Muppet Gundam, for your uh, for your submission. Well, I, I do have a comment I want to make uh, oh. for anyone who who questions like why is there a need to make a RoboCop reboot and it's probably gonna suck yada yada. The director of this movie, uh, Jose Padilla, not to be confused with the terrorist of the same name, Ooh. he's a uh, Brazilian film director. He directed two movies called Elite Squad. The second of those movies um, <clears throat> is on Netflix instant streaming. It's called Elite Squad: The Enemy Within, mm-hmm. and I highly recommend it uh, if you want to see like the raid yet another example of a foreign action movie that that shows us how it's done right uh check out that movie it's all about jerks and corrupt cops and sleazes and everything so based on that movie alone i think they picked the perfect guy to do a uh, a reboot of robocop so check that out elite squad the enemy within on netflix instant streaming yeah absolutely man uh, that movie's getting got most definitely and uh even the even the little trailer previews for the movie the teasers that they've been showing so far have been showing promise, so um, I hope it has a little bit of the uh, the spirit that the Verhoeven movie uh, had. But I guess I guess we'll see. But the director is is definitely tapped for his potential, and I hope he brings his all his A game for RoboCop when it comes out. I'm not looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> next step, next article. Well, watch Elite Squad and then talk to me about that. <laughs> well, I'll watch Elite Squad, but I could care less about RoboCop. Um, Next one here is from Mechton GM, and this is from NASA News because we, we 
we always need some NASA news. Um, I guess they successfully, and this is from NASA.gov, so this is the official website of NASA, all things rockets. Um, It's actually kind of cool. They've actually tested... Uh, an inflatable heat shield and, uh, you know, to, to go through space and, and to, you know, to reenter. So, um, um, much like no, those, uh, those handy little balloots that, uh, yeah. the Arkema uses. Yeah, it was, a, it was a 64 foot, 22 inch, uh, diameter black Brandt, uh, 11. And it was a rocket launched or it was launched from a rocket and it was encased in a nose cone and it floated back to, uh, Back to Earth. Successful. I, I will offer some some uh, some advice to NASA uh-huh. when, when you're doing uh, reentry. Don't if you run across uh, a mentally unstable teenager who has a complex about his name. Hmm. Uh, don't 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 make him angry yeah. <laughs> during reentry. Wait till you're back in the atmosphere. Then you I can have, piss him off. I have another word of advice. If anyone out there that has that's about to have a kid, don't name and especially if they name him Capricorn. Don't uh, don't have them go into NASA. Have them their path because it may not end that well for them. So, but yeah, no, this is pretty cool. There's a cool little article about it, and um, yeah, just definitely check it out. You know, definitely uh, fictional stuff now becoming world real, real life. That's pretty damn cool. So, uh, thank you, Mister Mechton GM, for your submission. Cool. Uh, next one here is from the suspicious red lamp, and I never trust this guy. Oh, but I'm going to read his article anyways. And this is coming from the myanimelist.net forum typey thingy. I guess there's a new Macross project that's been announced, and um, it's uh, what is it called here? Um, at the live ex- exposition, Macross, the design at Parco, a new movie of Macross Frontier and Macross 7 titled Ozama Meets Firebomber, Macross FB7. Tentative title was announced. It will be premiered this autumn. So it uh, looks like it's going to be uh, Frontier versus Firebomber versus uh, Ozma. So, uh, well, we ooh. do have some new information about this since that posting. Oh, okay. So this is breaking news on the breaking new- news. On the new on the new Macross project, we uh, joined Chris Guanche already already in progress in the Miami News Bureau. Chris, are you there? Yes, I'm here. The hurricane is blowing. I can't I can't see anything. Oh my God! Is there rain in this hurricane, Chris? Yes, there's rain and there's wind. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been hit by any projectiles yet? Yes, I was hit by a small dog. Oh no. <laughs> The dog's okay, right? Or I don't know. It was paddling away in a boat. Oh God! Here comes every. Oh. Oh, Chris. Okay, <laughs> but uh, you still got news about this new fr- uh, Macross uh, project. Can you tell us? Let that? me tell what you about the- Macross while I'm holding on for dear life. Okay. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, the news that we have is this will be playing in theaters in Japan, and it'll be a uh, combination of remastered footage from Macross Seven because they're doing a Blu-ray release for that. Oh. With some new footage from Frontier. Oh, that's kind of cool. And it'll be kind of mixed together. We don't know how this will play out, and uh, we don't know if that means that any of the Macross 7 characters will be showing up in Frontier mm. in that scene uh, with you know new character designs and animation. We don't know, but there definitely is some new animation in this, and uh, just watch and see what happens, I guess. Sounds like a fun little thing, so... Definitely. I guess you know we we know how much Ozma is uh, a Firebomber fanboy, so oh my god, it, it'll be hilarious to see him uh, meeting them. 
Uh, but he's <laughs> probably that works out. wee himself. He'll be so happy. He would probably wee himself like some young girl would for uh, Justin Bieber, I would presume. <laughs> I guess it's Mark's Fire Bomber's grand uh, reunion then, because that means uh, that means uh, their their lead singer will be coming back. Basara will be coming back to the group. I thought he. Was, well, uh, we don't we don't know. Again, oh. we don't know anyone from Macra Seven will be appearing in the new Frontier footage, but there will be old footage from Seven. So well, they, they, they don't they don't need them because if we if in this world we have hologram Tupac, they can have hologram. <laughs> so. Hologram Basara has no heart and soul. Yeah. Oh. oh man. <laughs> Wonder how much culture will be in this movie. Cool. Maybe they'll have hologram Dennis to tell them. <laughs> they'll have a talking talking whiskey bottle. But uh, thank you, Suspicious Red Lamp, for your submission, and thank you, Chris, for uh, battling the elements and giving us this breaking news about Macross uh, Frontier Seven movie thingy. Nice. Next one here. Somebody. This is from Wielder, and there is a. One one Votom's uh, rideable robot, and it's getting near completion. I guess some guy in Japan is actually building a life-size uh, Votom statue. Well, it's not. It's not a Votom's robot. It's from the same guy who did a Votom. Oh, oh, thank you for the correction. Oh yeah, and best known for building a life size. Yeah, he's re- he's building this robot, and uh, it's uh, going to be four meters tall. Weighs about approximately four tons and features a cockpit. And, and it uh, costs a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Please try the cake. <laughs> Is it your birthday? We are joined by John Lovitz. <laughs> a million dollars. But, um, yeah, it's definitely um, it's going to have some software called V-Sido to help move it around. Uh, it's got a bunch of it's got 30 hydraulic joints and it has the ability to grab items and fire a Gatling gun shooting 60,000 BBs a minute, <laughs> 6,000 <laughs> BBs a minute. Jeez, watch out squirrels. Um, did they add that it's easily like a fake? Oh man. Did they, did they add that it's easily disposable? <laughs> I don't know, but oh, I'm supposed to be able to see one adult and inside are some controls and display shows the feedback from a camera showing the front and back of the robot. Yeah, it does. The picture does a little look a little photoshopped, but uh, I guess we'll I guess we'll see what um, we'll do here. And his he uh, he wishes to sell units for about uh, one point two million dollars. <laughs> wow. Each. <that's>... So. <laughs> That's cheaper than what I would expect if this actually works. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, I guess he was able to cut some corners. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, check that out. And it's going to be at the uh, the Wonder Festival event. So, um, definitely some cool stuff there. Thank you, Mister Wheel, there for submission. I just hope these robots, the people building all these robots, I hope they don't gain sentience because that's when crap gets bad. That's when it stops being cute. Yeah, <laughs> that's when I clutch the tomes even tighter. So, uh, next article here is, oh, okay. This is from Zero Kiri. And uh, Chris, are you sitting down? I'm sitting down, so I'll stand up and then sit down again. Because you were wrong. Uh Uh-oh. There is an announcement that's coming from the Anime News Network that a North American publisher had announced at a TucoCon that it's going to license... The 23-volume reimagining of Yoshiyuki Tamino's first Gundam, Gundam: The Origin. <gasps> Comments. <laughs> I, I think I just heard. I think I just heard Solbro faint. He did. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, this is, uh, it looks like it's going to be the, the whole thing on here. I know Chris has got some uh, other news about this or maybe some more um, details about this. Chris, uh, what, what uh, I'll, I'll give some vague teasings. Okay. Watch for Gundam in the near future about this. Yes, there you go. No, they, uh, this, this is, uh, of course, this is the reinterpretation of First Gundam. And it's been a manga that's been uh, widely popular and uh, something that was brought over here a couple of years ago by Viz and uh, brought in about uh, an awful format. And uh, we only got up to the Romba Raw. Uh, Play with me, boy. Well, uh, (laughs) unceremoniously canceled. So, uh, yeah, this is... It was uh, indeed unceremoniously canceled because it just went from one month issue release to the next month. No issue release. Mm -hmm. Nothing yeah. ever again. But uh, they're going to be releasing this in uh, larger volumes, and uh, we're going to be able to get the the whole thing here. So uh, definitely uh, some good news there, and we'll keep you posted as we get news about that. So uh, they do have thank- a pre-order for this already on Amazon and Right Stuff. Yeah, there you go. And uh, so it's just just saying on. here, if, if you guys you know if you guys want to be cool. If you go to if you pre-order it on Right Stuff, if you just go through MHQ first, maybe click a Right Stuff link for us, and you know just help us out here. That, yeah, I'm just saying. That's what's yeah. up. That's all I'm yeah. saying. And they're saying. pretty affordable too, Chris. Right? I mean, yes. they're not, uh, uh, Steph has it on pre-order for twenty-two dollars, and this is a hardcover that is yeah. over four hundred and forty pages with uh, full color illustrations what? on certain pages. So this is matching the uh, sort of deluxe release they did in Japan a while back. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to get on that. I I really I do want to pre-order this because I'm not missing the boat like I did the last time with this manga. So yeah, and they've said on Vertical has said on their Twitter account that um, these are gonna be sort of limited runs. So get them when they come out because they're not gonna stick around forever. Man, there you go. That's awesome. That's some good stuff. And we'll be taking some bets uh, later on on the over and under if uh, Solbro actually jumps on this. Or not. <laughs> he will. He will. <laughs> he will absolutely do that. I'll be glad to. I'll be glad I to say that. referring to himself in the third person. Because <laughs> he's, he's and he thinks he's the rock or something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you smell what this whole bro is cooking, which is nothing. Wimps yeah. and failure. <laughs> there you go. That's the spirit. But uh, next article here, and this is some uh, kind of fun stuff. Uh, definitely check out the link here. This comes from Gundam Type Zero. If you didn't think people in Japan were insane, uh, there's even. There's even uh, more insanity happening there at a uh, at a local um, amateur bike race. Uh, there's a guy zipping around on a Neo Zeon Sazabi colored uh, motorcycle. <laughs> it's on this. a motorcycle. Yeah, it's actually pretty pretty cool. Uh, yeah, man, look great little pics of it, and this comes from the Gundam Guy uh, blog. So uh, definitely check that out. And uh, no word here if the guy won the race or not. I didn't, didn't really see anything. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's um, uh, Zionic Dukum Motorcycle is what it's called. So uh, this was at the uh, Circuit Fan Festa uh, in Japan. So definitely check that out. Thank you, Mr. Gundam Type Zero, for your submission. Oh, Chris, um, <clears throat> this next article is dedicated to you because you've been wrong. Because, you know, a few months ago, Toonami came back, and that is meaning that the M anime revolution is coming back to the united states something else has now been uh, added to the future tsunami uh set list here do you want to know and this comes from dolo and i, I doesn't surprise me this comes from dolo because i know this is one of his favorite shows so uh, and, one, and one of mine too so um chris are you going to admit that you were wrong about this tsunami thing 
Sure. Oh, then I'm wrong about everything ever. <laughs> I thought that was my job. <laughs> but uh, Adult Swim has announced that um, they're going to be premiering uh, the Samurai 7 television am- anime on uh, Sunday, August 19th at 12.30 a.m. Um, so uh, definitely check that out. Um as somebody that's watched the show and actually owns the show, it's a pretty good show. It's a reimagining of uh, Akira Kurosawa's uh, classic movie, and it was actually um, this series was actually uh, produced in conjunction with uh, the family. So uh, his family. So the, um, you know, it's kind of the official thing here. So uh, definitely check that out. So um, as we can see, tsunami it's changing. It's changing it. Nineteen ninety nine all over again, Chris. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I but, gotta uh, get with the program. Thank you, Dolo, for your submission, and I'm sure your DVR will be set. I don't know why you probably own, you own the show, anyways, but you're probably set. <laughs> set to watch it, anyways. Um, next one here is from. Uh, hmm. Unprepared oh. failure. You're <laughs> <laughs> fired. There is a. <laughs> Give me some photos. You're fired. Uh, this is coming. <laughs> this is coming from... threat of menace. You're fired. Back to GM, and uh, I never really played this game. I think there was a game like this before. This Hawkton game. Uh, oh. There's a trailer that's uh, that's come out, and he's got a link here for it. Oh yeah. He uh, he says it's pretty big budget, which it's a pretty cool looking trailer, and it's starring Eddie Gothergy of. X-Men First Class fame? Who is that? He, he played what? Darwin in X-Men First Class. Oh. Uh, the, brother, the brother that, 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 that died Token painfully. black guy who died. <laughs> but it's a cool trailer, man. It's also got a... Sessual Tire or Blackman. There's also an anime voice actor in there as well. Um, I forget his name. Damon, Damon Clark. Um, he does a lot of anime voice acting. He was the voice of uh, the main, one of the main villains from Yu Yu Hakusho years ago. And he was also um, a voice in Dragon Ball Z as well. Uh, he's also in the trailer as well. It, it, the trailer looks good. I can't yeah. wait for this game to drop. Yeah, definitely check that out. So thank you, Mr. Mechton GM here. And uh, next one here is from Wielder, and this is some game stuff. Uh, there is a Van Presto Lost Heroes RPG uh, game and there's another promotional video that's uh, available for um, for viewing here. And this is a Lost Heroes is a dream collaboration of Ultraman, Kami Rider, and Gunda, and it's for the uh, 3DS and PSP systems on September 6th. It'll be a first uh, dungeon role playing game and Van Presto's compatible hero crossover franchise. So, uh, so we got Sentai and Gundam in the same game. Pretty much, yeah. Crazy talk, man. Crazy yeah. talk. So uh, definitely check that. Um, um, are the is the 3ds is it compatible? Is the Japanese 3ds compatible with the the games compatible with the U.S. ones? Or uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, they no, instituted region. region locking with the 3ds. Oh. While the DS was unlocked and you could play any yeah. Japanese DS game on your American system, that is not the case now with the 3ds. So, yeah, uh, so you would have are. to have a Japanese 3ds. Yeah, there you go. So. Guess they close that loophole. More revenue. Um, thank you, Wielder, for your submission. And last one here comes from Brent Noir, one of our uh, dirty Australian criminals. And uh, he's got a um, he's got a posting here from the Anime News Network that there's uh, some screenshots that are being per- uh, posted for the uh, Code Geass Akito the Exiled, uh, the second volume of the it's uh, the, the spinoff 
of uh, the original video anime. So um, the second volume is scheduled for next spring, but there's some screenshots. So if you like to watch still still pictures, you can uh, definitely check that out. So uh, that's that there for the news. And uh, like always, if you have any submissions, give them to the Neos listener. Submit a news articles thread in the Mecha Talk forum and, and just go to the Gundam section. Guys, anything before we move on to our first topics here? No, that's a truckload of news, man. Awesome. Well, we were off for like an extended week. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah. to get caught up. Chris, anything? Any advice for the folks out there? Hold on to dear life during hurricanes. <laughs> Watch out for the rain and hurricanes. Buy water early. <laughs> Don't right. go to Home Depot the day of the hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right. All right. So uh, we'll be going into our first uh, topic here, which will be our next reviews of the Gundam. Uh, I was going to say Gundam Age. <laughs> right. wait Gundam till, Rage! Wait till the reviews. <laughs> wait, wait till the reviews before you declare it Rage, Sage, Garbage, whatever... <laughs> It is that people are calling it these days. <laughs> we'll be going to those in next. Uh, you're listening to Goddamn at MHQ. All right. Not the shoes. I have been having a very bad day. Just got out of jail this morning. Already I have been shot at. I was on the bus that flipped over 17 times. Bitch tried to stab me in the bathroom. But somebody blew up my Porsche. I am in a bad goddamn mood. Now I usually don't jump in when somebody's getting beat down. But this man Jack Cates is going to help me straighten out the rest of my day. Now I suggest you all back up and let us go about our business. Because you got a gun? No, because I have a gun and I'll pop a cap in your ass. I can't believe Game & More forgave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? You can't fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only cover major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news, big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you've never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop in Second Opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. I thought they smelled bad on the outside, on the subject of Cowboy Bebop. So, but anyway, going back to uh, the good parts that I missed. All right, uh, phase boobs. Phase boobs. <laughs> I have to about say, that yet, was not a good part for me. That's something I didn't really pay attention to. I enjoyed the boobs. 13-year-old, uh, 13-year-old adolescent David would like to have an argument with you, ma'am. <laughs> Oh, I can see how you would have enjoyed that. Hey. It's just, are you more of a leg person? Is that why you weren't looking at her boobs? Because her <laughs> legs are nice, too. No, it's just that, you see, I have my own set. I really don't need to worry about hers. That's the best argument I've ever heard. 
Seriously, no I'm, I'm dumbfounded uh, by that argument. Congratulations, <laughs> you won the show. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Please check our website at sbopodcast.blogspot.com. Suddenly, there was a terrible roar all around us, and the sky was full of what looked like huge bats, all swooping and screeching and diving around the car. And a voice was screaming, Holy, Holy Jesus, Jesus where are these goddamn animals? かすかに残る君の声を見せない現実で all right, welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. This is Chris, and we're going to jump into some Hyper Turbo World Warriors Edition reviews of episodes 37 to 40 of Gundam Age. Nice. Mm-hmm. So the first one is episode 37, The World of Vagan, which starts with Keo arriving at Mars. He's still wearing his uh, RPG peasant outfit. <laughs> and he meets with Izokant, and uh, Izokant uh, shows him uh, Mars and then uh, kicks him out into the uh, slums so that he can see what um, Mars is really like. And uh, Keo, being dumb as he is, immediately gets robbed. <laughs> by some kid with nasty teeth. Absolutely. Who then gets uh, stopped by this dude named Dean, who uh, Keo hangs out with him and his uh, sickly young sister, Lou, who, of course, is dying from the Mars rays. Oh. And uh, Keo starts to see that uh, Mars and, and the Vegans aren't uh, aren't what Flit always said they were. And Easel uh, Kant reveals that uh, his true intention, the first time he'll say this of many times, mm-hmm. his true intention is to, uh, to test Earthers and, and to see if they're worthy of the planet that, uh, that they call their home, which is why he, uh, he does all this weird crap with his too deep for you plans that take 70 zillion years to execute. <laughs> Oh, and don't forget the countless lives and um, resources that that are lost during executing said plan. Yeah. So uh, at the same time, the uh, vegans they're copying the uh, the H3 to make their own vegan Gundam, which has mm-hmm. been named uh, nicknamed the Vague Gundam by some people. <laughs> and that is pretty much this episode. So Solbro, what were your thoughts on episode thirty-seven? Man, I, I'm of two minds of this episode. I, I, I did. Well, like, I'm of just one mind. <laughs> yeah, I have one but singular thought on this. <laughs> L- well, tell us of your two minds. I, I, I did like the interactions between Keo and Lou and and Dean, but it, it seemed kind of like really. It, it, I mean, the episode is you, you, you it, liked his interactions with. Uh, completely emotionally manipulative little girl who yeah, serves I mean, no it, other purpose in the plot but to be emotionally manipulative because she's a little sick girl. It's a paint by numbers episode by far, and uh, and it is a lot of it is forced. Um, I, I have to say this is probably the lowest marking, uh, the lowest ranking episode I, I've seen in the series so far, and 
I, I, I just wasn't all that sympathetic with the Vegans. I mean, there are many ways they can improve their situation instead of staying in the in the orbit of Mars and yeah, boat out Asel can't. And you, you just yeah, exactly. It's like you're thinking of all the comments and solutions that even you, uh, we could come up with to, 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 to save his people, and he couldn't be bothered with that. He just wants to get yeah. you know. How about, how about don't spend sixty years building mobile suits and battleships and and crazy weapons? Yeah, use the technology oh. that you did. For here, 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 Keo, go visit how awful the people that are under my rule um, have it. But it's not my fault. It's the Earth people's fault. I didn't even see the sense in him letting letting Keo run around without supervision. You know, oh, he I, had supervision. He was being watched. He was being watched, but I mean, it just... Where the you, hell is he going to go anyway? A prisoner of war usually does not get to get um, carte blanche like that. I mean, even if he does look Well, like, we uh, find out that there are reasons why yeah. he gets special treatment, which is, hey, he happens to look exactly like Ezelkant's dead son. Spooky. <laughs> But yeah, it's just like he's being a little—he he got a little bit too much freedom, and for being a prisoner of war, he got to gallivant around quite a bit. I honestly, hold on, so Solbro, Solbro, hold, hold that thought real quick. Uh, Chris, uh, Hazel Brown is delicious. Back to you, Solbro. <laughs> Thank you, Neo, for that update. Uh, right on, <gasps> right on. <laughs> Sorry, Solbro, I didn't mean to, but I, that, I, was was I, that I, random break-in sponsored by uh, Samuel Adams? I hope it would sponsor. be. Oh my God, we got. I, I hope they would be because if that guy, I, I mean, Tim Cook or Jim, I call Jim up Cook. Jim Cook and ask him. Oh man, yes. we got we got a two two second striker review of of, of some brew. <laughs> what is this chaos theater talking about booze now? <laughs> within the gun, within the goddamn review segment for Age, <laughs> that's what it's come to. But, yeah, Gundam, um, Gundam A reviews of Gundam Age at M- uh, Gundam and MH2 are courtesy of Sam Adams. Nice. <laughs> These were Sorry. Sorry. That's an advertising which you call bleed over. Yes. <laughs> You're ready for radio. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I, I got to give this episode, if I was to rate it, I'd probably give it two and a half stars, man. Wow. How, how many? How, okay. Uh, the rating for this episode will be. Um, sickly girls two and a half sickly girls two and a half sickly girls who are in dire need of uh of placebo all right so uh nia what were your thoughts on this episode uh why am i watching this um who who is writing this and what when when did it go all so bad because it went uh, it went oh so bad when keo got captured yeah, it, this is know, where it went oh so bad. I, I just—it's like I said before. Here, oh, we have it so bad. Look at how bad all the people have it underneath the people. Under you know, I'm un- they're under my rule, yet they have it so bad. And, and look at these zillions of weapons of war that I've built yeah. over sixty years for my awesome plan that you can't understand. Yeah, instead instead of using all of these uh, weapon, you know, using all the resources that we're using for weapons and instead using the, to maybe build a shield or move the colony as we'll see later on that, um, that, that's something that happens. Uh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, and you're sobering uh, things. Don't do that. Yeah. Oh boy. Jeez. <laughs> I'm just sitting there and it's just a lot of wasted time. Okay. Yes. It's sad. The little girl is sick. I mean, but it still doesn't, You know, this just shows how stupid it is because it still doesn't, um, you know, take away the fact that Easel Cant is willingly killing Earth people. He somehow thinks that he's he is, um, you know, the Lord Almighty himself that is able to judge if Earth people are worthy of being Earth on Earth himself. We'll get back to that in a few episodes. So hold that. (laughs) Yeah, I, I just sit here and it's just like, you know. 
this is just bad. This is just a very, very bad episode. Um, yes, it's sad that the girls die in a space aids and all this other crap, but you know, you know, and, 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 you know, Kyo, it's just like, um, you know, it's, it's just unuseless stuff. And, you know, you would think, okay, he's, he's still getting manipulated by freaking easel camp because the only reason why he's there is his damn Gundam's getting copied by, uh, the, the engineers and stuff. So it's just, it's just so ridiculous. And as we see, this show gets more ridiculous as it goes on. Um, if I was, if I was to give this a rating, it's well, wait two. for you, for you, the rating mm-hmm. is how many Zanald table smashes out of five? <laughs> two, two Zanald table smashes. Ooh, yeah, because this is this is doo doo. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, I thought this episode was pretty much just uh, bad all the way around. You know, we spent now 36 episodes of this series before this showing these vegans as uh, basically just a bunch of madmen devoted to destruction or the plans of Ezel Ken that they don't even understand. Mm-hmm. And now you want to humanize them with a sickly dying girl who serves no purpose other than being a sickly dying girl. And oh, that is yeah. the defining trait of her character. There is no more to her than being a sickly dying girl. Girl, yep, you're right. Well, she draws. Yeah. <laughs> she draws She draws in her journal things that won't happen because she's going to be dead. Oh. Which is yeah. gonna <laughs> uh, but anyway, even a character like Urin, who was eventually destined to be the Lala of this show, at least existed as a character and had development as a character before meeting that fate. Yeah. yeah. Lou, on the other hand, is just a, pl- uh, a plot, a coughing plot point. She's a prop. Yes. To manipulate Keo in just the most ham-fisted and obvious and pathetic way. And as I said in my review, if Age were a more sophisticated show, Mm -hmm. it might have been interesting if uh, we find out later that all of this was manipulation and planned out because it's kind of coincidental that as soon as Keo gets off of the, uh, the Disney monorail, he immediately gets jacked then he gets saved by this dude who has a sick little sister, and then he meets them and hangs out with them. Yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been cool, but Age is not capable of that level of sophistication in his writing. <laughs> Damn. It's exactly what it appears to be. He just randomly met this one little sick girl and her brother. Yeah. So I um, I give this episode two and a half out of five uh, pickpockets. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings nice. us to episode 38, Fugitive Kyo. Oh, man. <laughs> so uh, Asamu and his uh, space pirates, they're closing in on Mars to rescue Kyo. And Kyo is just spending his time going back and forth with uh, Dean and Lou hanging out with them. And Izokant uh, asks him for some help with the age device and says they want to unlock it. And Kyo goes... Why? <laughs> Easel Kant goes, none of your business. It's like, okay, but you gotta do this for me. So this moron, this idiot kid, opens up the secrets of the age device, and the only thing that has given Earth an edge against the vagans for the last 50 years, mm-hmm. and he hands it over to them like a traitor. And yeah. Space tic-tac placebos for a sickly dying girl who's destined to die anyway. Yeah. No. So 
he gives Lou these space tic tacs, all the while unaware that the Vegans are building their own Gundam and did not even think to push back on why do you guys want the age device unlocked? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They spend a day together. Yay. Happy fun times. And um, then Asamu busts in to rescue him and uh, he gets his Gundam back, goes over to the house to give her more space Tic Tacs and finds that how sad and tragic she's already dead. And then he uh, he books with uh, Pappy, but uh, unfortunately their path in space is blocked by, hey, look at that. What is it? It's a vegan Gundam, the Gundam Legolas made with all of the stolen information from the age device that Keo willfully handed over. Good job there, kid. <laughs> yeah, the look on Asamu's face is like, how the hell did they do this? And it's like, oh, I bet that's going to be an interesting uh, talk, father-son talk afterwards. <laughs> so, Neo, what were your thoughts on this episode? Oh, God. Um, if, we're, if the previous episode wasn't bad, this got even worse. Like he said, I know he's a young kid. I understand that because I, I know that's going to be, oh, he's young, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's enamored with this girl. But the fact that you would be so willing to give away the secrets of people or the, the secrets of you know, your, um, your Gundam to people that, you know, have killed friends of yours and stuff and have done, you know, have killed innocent people. I mean, let alone the fact of, okay, yes, this sick little girl and stuff like that, but let's, let's really kind of sit back here and look, um, you know, the vegans are the one that started this and every, in every, uh, generation, they're the ones that come in and does a surprise attack and they started killing people. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even in this, when they went to his hometown, they just started attacking out of the blue. Look at all of the, you know, uh, soldier and child and mother and child that got killed during that, uh, during that attack. But yet, because this little girl, she's so representative of all the vegans, and you know, we should must understand. And then, like you said, they give her this vague hope of like, oh, here's these space placebos. This will help, um, you know, with her disease that we know she's going to die from. Well, anyways. the funny thing is, I think even easel can't was dumbfounded by how dumb this kid is because he says oh, yeah. hey he says by the way this is a placebo you understand this just eases the symptom that doesn't cure it right yeah it's like, yeah i'll take the space tic tacs now mister thanks bye yeah and i mean and and what kills me is you know it, it's like i said the look on Asuma's face when they see the vegan gundam come up he's just like what the hell <laughs> and you know it, as much of a polar opposite as Asamu is to, you know, crazy old Grandpa Flit who, you know, just wants to eradicate the vegans. I could see him even being pissed about saying, you gave them what? <laughs> you know, so... It, <laughs> and, and, and the fact that this guy is so mindless and so freaking dense that he doesn't think that, you know, the vegans aren't going to use this to kill more Federation soldiers and civilians and stuff, it's just so stupid. And, um, yeah... My rating of this is one and a half space placebos out of five. Because it's well, well. really dumb episode. <laughs> Absolutely stupid. God dang. Um, That's dumb. I um I like to talk about what this episode did have. Well, it had Keo giving away That's space tic tacs. Exactly. It did have Keo giving away pretty much the equivalent of um someone giving the Axis powers the research of the Manhattan Project to them during World War Two. <laughs> it's pretty much the equivalent of what Keo did when giving him the age, uh, the information that's locked inside the age key for that for those uh those um pretty much the aspirin. 
<laughs> that he, he gave he gave that stuff up for and that did it made me cringe because a i do know that keo is young and naive but you only can be so you can't be that naive Na- there, there's yeah. a limit to your naivete he, he did have it beaten into his brain from a young age how important the age was how important it was by flit himself and he experienced firsthand, as Neil mentioned, yeah. when his hometown came under attack, that the Vegans yeah. were indiscriminately and specifically targeting civilians and slaughtering them wholesale. Yeah, yeah. His, his naivete is borderlining on it in, in, in just ridiculousness. And I know he wanted to help the girl and it, it, it was pulling on his heartstrings that, you know, she was dying and he wanted to see a relief from her pain. I mean, hell, we did get a musical montage for our trouble. <laughs> And you know the funny thing is uh, about the, 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 this kid doesn't even realize. You know, as as is mentioned by Ezelkant, these space tic tacs they only uh, relieve the symptoms. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she spent that day with him, uh, running around all over the place, could have very well hastened her demise. Yeah, pretty much. It, it could have. It, it could have shortened her lifespan quite a bit. I mean, at least she she died at least uh, doing something that she really wanted to do, which I thought was cool. But I mean, again, she's a prop. She's, yeah, uh, she is. She's, she's not even a character to me. She is just like you said, a prop who only serves a purpose in the plot of making this kid a vegan sympathizer. Yeah, to 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 trigger that aspect of Keo and awaken. Well, so that, vegan sympathizer that might not be the best term, but yeah. sympathetic to, you know, to their struggle. To their struggle. So he's not like he's not completely polarized like Flit, and Flit has got every reason to be. Um, you know, they 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 took the cheap route in trying to humanize these characters through Lou and 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 Dean, and it just didn't really ring all that strongly to me. I did enjoy when uh, Awesome showed up to you know to save his son, and I, I did enjoy the rescue there, and the fact that you know that those guys had a spare uh, H key for him when he got back to his suit. Um, they didn't have a spare age key for him. They didn't. They got the. What, what they stole they back. They stole back the actual one. There's only one them. age oh, key. Snap. Yeah, they. They remember. Sure they're... Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm tripping then. <laughs> so they got his key back. That's cool. So he got the key. He got back in the suit, and he launched off in order to face off with uh, with the 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 enemy's Gundam. But yeah, I I, I did enjoy this episode just a little bit more. I, if I had to rate it, I'd give it um. Four cases of space. I'm sorry, three cases of space aids. <laughs> oh, Out of five. Well, I, I can't agree with that because it's just more of this really transparent emotional manipulation of this girl. It's like, yes, it's good that she got to have a little bit of happiness before she died, but yeah. it's kind of stupid because her happiness and her little you know sad situation is supposed to be representative not just of herself but of these people as a whole. And it just is so uh, incongruous because these people are all devoted cultists. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They're all brainwashed cultists. And even Dean, who's yep. just a regular civilian kid, he talks you know, uh, about how Ezel Kant is awesome and how he's going to save everyone. And buy- So even he buys his propaganda. Yeah, come yep. And, and he, he actually witnessed uh, – Kyo escaping in the age three, so he knows that he's the age's pilot. And you know, of course, we're going to learn something about Dean next episode. Yeah, but um, even even this kid, the civilian, is not free of this cult of Ezelkant. Yeah. So how am I supposed to sympathize for these vegans when, aside from this one sickly little girl, they're all blindly devoted to this guy and his crazy plans and have massacred civilians for more than sixty years? I mean, how does that make any sense whatsoever? Yeah. Doesn't make much. <laughs> so yeah, this is still a bad episode. Keo just keeps making more and more stupid <sighs> decisions. 
And uh, overall, I give it two and a half Tic Tacs. Man, right down the middle. Right down the middle. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to episode 39, Door to the New World. Ho, ho. All right. So the Gutum Legolas uh, gets attacked by two of Asimu's pirates who die instantly. Yes. <laughs> and we see that the Legolas is piloted by Kant himself. And he doesn't want to let uh, Kyo escape. And, of course, a fight begins. So mm-hmm. Asimu is trying to hold off Zanald with his fat bastard mobile suit. <laughs> while Kyo uh, fights, if we can use that term. Kant. <laughs> So we enter into the long tradition of, of babbling during battles. Mm-hmm. And Ezelkant starts babbling about his true intentions, which I thought we already knew, but apparently <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> so apparently his true, true intentions are because his son, who looks like Keo, died so long ago, he's angry and he feels that there needs to be a better humanity. So his whole plan is not to let the Vegans go back to earth and just live there mm-hmm. he wants to create a new humanity based on the study of genetics does this sound familiar <laughs> that uh is free of war so that's why he uh he initiated these attacks on these colonies like nora to create extreme situations because he wants to test people's survival and he wants them to evolve to not have war and by the same token he's created uh, accidents on the vegan colonies to simulate the same situations and he's going to call both uh, both sides, both Earth and vegans to create this new evolved human race by his standards. Wow. Yeah. De- Destiny plan anyone? <laughs> yeah, low rent <laughs> Destiny plan with uh, very obvious forced Darwinism. Yeah. Which which kills me because his his reasoning's so flawed because if you're going to make situations where the greatest fighters are the only ones that survive, how are you going to have peace? You're going to have yeah. What he doesn't have, realize yeah. is, and this is, I think, the hilarious irony of the show is the people that he's created as a result of his extreme situations are Flit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. Flit, who went from just being a kindly little boy who even survived and was still happy and well-adjusted despite the death of his mother, turned him into a bitter, bitter xenophobe because of all of these tragedies he went through as a result of the vacants. That's the kind of people that survive. If you want to create a world of people who are without the need to want to fight, why are you doing this through war? That's exactly. not even that's not even anywhere near like say what Trade was trying to do in Wing, where he and Zex wanted to make people so sick of fighting that they would give up. No, this guy's talking about evolving people like Pokemon <laughs> to a new form that is without war through war, which is yeah. just so freaking retarded. I can't even begin to explain how retarded that is. I can't even wrap my mind around how <laughs> stupid that is. Well, not only that, but here's this guy that's talking about, you know, he's loving his vegan people and stuff, but yet he's putting he's them in a situation them. where they're dying yeah. and getting sick and all this crap. He's deliberately... Yeah. Uh, causing accidents among his own people. If they knew what his real plans were, they would execute him for being a traitor. On the spot. <laughs> because everything that they want is completely what he does not want. Mm-hmm. They think it's all about taking the earth back for themselves. He's like, no, you guys are going to die too. <laughs> You're screwed. <laughs> Only those who are, are deemed worthy will stay alive. So Yeah. So uh, 
the Legolas shows off its fancy new bits. It trashes the orbital completely. So Keo switches to the normal, which also gets trashed because wham wham, he doesn't want to fight Easelkant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the pirates escape with a little ploy where they threaten to ram three asteroids into uh, second moon. And boy, I only wish they had actually been serious because they were just balloons. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So that's that's episode thirty nine. So, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, it was an exhilarating fight. Um, uh, Isakan's reasoning, though, it was it was, it was something that just got under my skin. Um, for the most part, I his, his his whole state of mind contradicts what he's trying to do, and it doesn't make much sense. Uh, the whole point that you made with Flit being birthed from you know the the horrors that he uh he brought upon pretty much the different colonies and. And, and and the citizens of the federation you know it's it, it, he's pretty much creating his own enemy based on um you know, uh, you know uh, x-rounders that are fighting against him and it's just going to escalate the war where these X- x-rounders are just going to wage even more violence and eventually bring to the end of mankind period so you know at the end his his whole plan is backfiring as we speak I don't know. It's it, it, I, I, it's a lot of things that conflicted me in this episode. I um to, to just to give it a quick review, I'd probably give this episode uh <laughs> I'd probably give it uh three counterfeit Gundams out of five. Okay, Neo. Well, I mean, where do we begin? And a lot of it is where we've kind of interjected throughout. You know, Chris's um you know actually showing what happened in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it's it's just as this stuff keeps going on, it gets stupider and stupider. Like you said, you have the low rent destiny plan, which just is like as soon as I started hearing this, I'm like, uh oh. And then, you know, as we see, um, there's other things that go full seed or fu- full destiny in <laughs> a, as this show progresses. And, you know, once again, it's just just the dumbness of the reasoning for this guy and the fact that these you know, once again, it's like Chris has been stating the whole time, the blind loyalty of these vegan people who, you know, if they really knew what was going on, this guy would be, you know, this guy would be hung from the rafters. He'd be done. But, you know, it tells you how much of a of a hold and how much propaganda that they've used to turn these people into these. And I'll be honest with you, I, I really, you should probably feel sorry for people like this, that they're being used. But right. then again, it's just the fact of, Nobody's actually questioning what's going on. Yes, the battle was okay and stuff like that. You have like to that. wonder, like, how how much, how long people wait with their blind hopes for someone because you just look like in any situation where you have some kind of a dictator or somebody in power, there's a dissident movement. Yeah. There is no such thing. Yeah, we don't age. see that. We yeah. have never seen a single vegan who says that they don't agree with um, this guy's plans. We don't see any vegans defecting to the earth. It's always the other way around. Yep. We don't see any and this was such a missed opportunity with Keo being on Mars to maybe see the actual human side of Vegan like hey this guy's nuts we don't agree with him can you help us fight against him no yeah. what do we get <laughs> sickly little girl that only yeah. reinforces this guy's craziness the, the fact that it took his dad's uh, Keo's dad's Asimu's, uh pirate buddies to steal the age and help get him out of there just shows you that uh, it just doesn't make any sense because 
how many times have we seen and 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 you know not just in Gundam but these other show you know other shows like this that when the enemy pilot gets arrested somehow the you know the the dissident faction gets in touch with them and they try to help get this guy out of there get this girl out of there whoever it apparently might be. there is no such thing every yeah. single person on Vegan blindly believes uh, his propaganda and will willingly spend 60 years waiting yeah. and dying to not even see the goals that he's fighting for that are not even really his goals. Yeah, the only one that's starting to question it is Zahart, and only slightly. <laughs> I, I'm well, even to a certain degree, Zanal, but only because he's just a bastard. Yeah, yeah, he just wants to fight. And he just wants fighting and power. So I think he's got himself marked as traitor villain. Yeah, it's 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 just it's just really bad and and you know the useless babbling during the um the battles. I mean, I know this is a product of Gundam and, and most shows like this, but you know, usually sometimes there's a little bit more substance to what people are talking about. This is just ridiculousness. And um, it's not as bad as the previous two, but it's still pretty bad. Um, I'd give it uh, two and a half dead pirate guys out of uh, five. I don't have much more to add other than to say that, uh, you know, the escape and the battle were pretty well done. But Ezel Kant's babbling is just so ridiculous. And the ideas behind his nonsense, his low rent destiny, forced social Darwinism garbage. Um, So I I give this episode three. Three destiny plans. Oh man! At least we got to see Dean at the end, and it's been the predictable uh, outcome of him becoming a uh, yeah. Uh, big su- now he signs. He joins up to now be a crazy vegan. Oh, how how wonderful! I wonder how this the happened. one this normal story. civilian kid that we saw now is a crazy vegan in the military. He drank the Kool Aid. Well, hopefully, hopefully he will. At least he got to know someone from Earth. So who do you think? So uh, who, who, who do you think kills him? What what uh? What what <laughs> member of the family kills him? I'm saying Grandpa Flit takes out Grandpa this guy. Grandpa Flit just murders him. <laughs> yeah, because you, you know you, you know that this guy is going to be put on the front lines. Oh yeah, and, in a mobile suit. So is it going to be Asamu? Is it going to be Flit? Um, I know it's not going to be Kyo because we, as we see, um, well, well we'll we'll see how he's going. Yeah. But um, so let's move on and uh, close things out with episode forty. <laughs> Keo's decision together with the Gundam. Nice. So we jump forward to the Federation fleet that's approaching the moon to take back the Luna base, Mm -hmm. which was uh, sold out because its commander, Aaron Simmons, led in Vagan sleeper agents and they they took over the base. So now they're fighting to get back this base, which was the Devo's original destination before Keo got captured. So So they went for a full Izerlon on this one, Chris? Yes. <laughs> so we see Keo, uh, he launches in his new Gundam Age FX, which uh, has funnels. And then we flash back to filling in all the gas from everything that happened after his escape from Mars. Some bonding with Daddy um, meets up with, with Flit and uh, Flit and Asamu argue about uh, their different ideals. And Asamu uh, says that he's fighting to keep things in balance by you know, stealing stuff from the Federation and the Vegans and preventing uh, big-scale battles, which uh, has got to be one of the most retarded things I've heard because uh, good job there, buddy. You're one little pirate ship. Yeah, you kept things in check, like stopping the invasion of Earth, stopping the destruction the destruction of Big Ring, stopping the massacre of civilians. Yeah, good job there, Asamu. Yeah. <laughs> real, real good job keeping those Vegans in check. Yeah. And, and steal stuff from the people who are fighting for your homeland. Nice, nice job there. Way to go. 
<laughs> doesn't even mention that thing that he said before about fighting corrupt Federation people. It's I got to keep both sides in check. Well, I wonder. I wonder how well he would have thought if uh, Romari got uh, caught up in any of this stuff. You know. Oops. So speaking of which, they have uh, a reunion, which mm-hmm. pretty much is, oh, oh hey, it's uh, it's been thirteen years, huh? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> And I'm oh, thinking to myself, wow, Asamu, you are such an asshole. Damn. Like, that's the best you can say to your wife that you abandoned for 13 years to go be a, a super pirato? I had shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what sums it up. Yeah. And then uh, Keo makes the fatal mistake while driving with Grandpa Flit of saying, Hey, Grandpa, maybe the vegans aren't all so bad like you say. <laughs> Like no, you you don't say that to Flit. Don't. I thought he was gonna throw him out of the car. This guy suddenly slams on the brakes. Oh no! What are those vagans putting into your mind? <laughs> Tell me. The Batman wants me. Flit. So yeah, he just goes nuts. So we 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 got now these three generations of Asunos who are just crazy and just have ridiculous ideas about everything. Yeah. Then we're shown this uh, new Gundam, the the Age FX, which stands for Follow X Rounder because it can keep up with his movements. And you know that there's a sign of trouble when uh, Kyo says to Roddy, "Hey, can the mobile suit pi- uh, can the mobile suit target a specific part of the enemy suit?" And that's when you know oh. um, we got some problems here. We have we have the birth of Kyo Yamato. There you go. Because. <laughs> Like Kira before him, Kyo has been gifted with an extraordinarily destructive mobile suit and decides to use that to, uh, you know, just slice up people without killing them. Mm-hmm. So we jump now back to the present and uh, the battle for Mars begins. And uh, yeah, Kyo's using his funnels to slice up mobile suits and behead the cockpits so that the pilots survive and can escape. And uh, by the end. We've got here um, Easelkant, who is uh, dying of space aids and uh, addresses some naked dude in a test tube and says he's going to have to leave things to him now. Oh, man. Mysterious. Mysterious. <laughs> so, Solro, what were your, your thoughts on this episode? Well, it, it, the, the, the jumps in time were pretty cool. I, I did like the back and forth that it had. Um, uh, the reunion with Romery, I was looking forward to, and it fell quite short of what I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought really? it would be more of a dialogue between them. But then again, what what am I doing expecting high high <laughs> having having high hopes anymore? Well, well written women in age who have meaningful relationships with people. Oh, yeah. If anything, it, it was it was a little bit it was it came up short most definitely. Um, I did like how Flit reacted to when uh, to what what his grandson said about the uh, the vagrant vagrant being bad. But then again, he got the, he got the straight dope on on. What, to uh, say the vagrants. The vagrants. <laughs> Just what they are. Space <laughs> vagrants. <laughs> The, how the vegan were and uh i guess keo tells them the story that is they just cut quick but uh you know flit still doesn't believe that shit <laughs> he ain't buying it yeah I, I, overall this episode uh it was better than than i'd say the last two and um i would probably give it no more than about I, i'd probably give it about three even though it's better than the other two I, i'm not compelled to give it more than 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 three disappointing reunions out of five <laughs> 
All right, Neil. Well, I mean, we got to see the uh, the age freedom. I mean, the age FX and uh, the debut of uh, Kyo Yamato, and um, that was all dumb. And um, yeah, the flashback stuff. What can you say? Wow. Hey, the fact that Asamu is like, oh, hey, like it's been 13 years, but he acts like it was like 13 days. It's like, oh, yeah. Hey, um, you know, now last time you saw me, I was, you know, a, a well-groomed military man. Now I'm a dirty space pirate. And, um, you know, she's all like, oh, and then um, I, I just knew I knew something was up when I saw uh, uh, Grandpa Crazy and uh, Keo uh, in the car. I was like, oh, this is not going to turn out well. And it didn't. And the only thing that would have made it better is, like I said, if he would have just thrown Keo uh, out of the car while it was moving. Probably what, what I would have done. Damn. And... <laughs> Uh, I, I don't remember. Did, did they? Did they ever? Um, was it ever brought up to, or did anybody ask, like Keo, like, oh, hey, by the way, how did um, the Vegans get a Gundam like your old Gundam? Since yeah. we had such a great encryption thing that really only you should be able to, um, uh, you know, to access on this. How, was that ever brought up? I can't remember. No. No, no. The, that would be one of the many details that age just glosses over about everything. You know, because it's one of our great military secrets. And now that we see the vagans have got um, okay that's fine um yeah it's uh and i agree with you guys i'd have to say it is better than the previous two episodes um but still pretty bad and uh, as as we see with the debut of uh kyo yamato it's only gonna get worse i'd have to give this uh uh two and a half uh uh, grandpa, grandpa, Batman rages out of five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where are the secrets? Uh, this was a, a decent episode compared to the ones that preceded it. And there were some good parts of the flashbacks and, uh, you know, there were some interesting parts to the, um, to this battle on the moon that started. And, uh, mm-hmm. the age effects is a pretty nice looking Gundam, despite the fact that its pilot is now a, uh, a useless pansy. Yeah. There you mm-hmm. go. So, despite some stupidity, I gave this one three and a half sea funnels. I have a question for you guys, and this is something that's even bothered me from Seed. Okay, I understand the whole thing, maybe, of, you know, the epiphany of Kira and Kyo. Oh, we shouldn't kill these people, because if I kill them, then it just makes it worse. But isn't there a flaw in their reasoning? Because if you're just going to cut off the limbs and stuff of a mobile suit, can't those things just be uh, quickly, um, you know, replaced because you're, you know, and most of that stuff is modular. Obviously, obviously not. If your name is savior Gundam. Well, (laughs) that's true. But I, I I just, I I just don't understand that because in the case of Keo, he just saves the heads and chops up everything else. So he does make their ability to fight war a little bit harder, but He's still sparing all these psychopathic pilots. Yeah, not only that, but, you know, some of those, not all of those, the bodies of those suits were blowing up. So it just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm thinking in terms of reason, and I'm talking about Gundam Age. So Now, I do want to mention something that happened uh, before this discussion. Mm. And that was that I kicked off quite a uh, quite a firestorm of a debate on oh. the Mega Talk forums oh, man. by uh, suggesting that uh, these crazy bastards should all just die. Ooh. And I, I, I want to mention this here, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. And okay. let's keep in mind, these people are crazy. They're psychopathic. 
they're stupidly written, and most importantly, above all, they're not real people. So, again, I will reiterate, why can't we just let these idiots die, and for what purpose should they allow them to, to live? Why should they allowed to be allowed to live? Go ahead, so bro. I'm sure you'll find a way. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's the pacifist in me. Um, I, I don't know. They are fanatics. It's the Sobro in you. It, it, I suppose so. But uh, they are fanatics, so you know they're not going to stop coming until until everything of their enemy is destroyed. They are what you would what you would refer to as an existential threat. Yeah, yeah. Very, and it doesn't matter that they're human. It doesn't matter that oh, who cares if uh, they had a hard life on Mars? What the hell does that have to do with the present? None of the people who put their ancestors in that situation are still alive. People yeah. on Earth didn't even know that they existed still for for many, 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 many decades, That's for like 100 years. So how is it the fault of these people? And then you ceaselessly attack them for 60 years and murder civilians, mm-hmm. and, and your people are all fanatics who blindly follow you. Why should any of you live? Well, I mean, if you, if you even the at- civilians who we see still blindly follow Easel can't. Yeah. Why should they all just be wiped out because – you know, if they if things proceed against like the way Easel can't wants, how much of humanity is going to be wiped out for his crazy ideas? I mean, yeah. if, you, if you look at real world wars, I mean, you really you really can't wipe out. Well, let's not talk about real. Uh, yeah, real let's world, not talk yeah, about reality. That, that, that's true. That's true. Uh, talking about fake people who don't exist. I just I just don't think you can just wipe them all out. I I don't think you can. I, I honestly think. Well, that... if you wipe out every colony they live on, there ain't yeah. gonna left so I, I still think there would still be remnants out there i mean zeon maybe so but uh, that's, that's why grandpa flit gets reinstated to to <laughs> start up the uh the age titans and, and the, mercilessly hunt down every last vegan and execute them on site the first person he throws at the airlock is keo then <laughs> yes sympathizer go die yeah um but I, 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 I still think there's a there's a chance to reason with them. There are people that are involved Ooh, in Vegas. Who, yeah. who, who can you reason out of this, though? Because reason with. like we said, we haven't seen. They've been at war with Earth for 60 years, and they're still as fanatical now as they were 60 years earlier. You would think after so many years of utter failure that they start questioning this guy, but no, they don't. They just willingly, blindly ha- let their, their friends and themselves give, just get killed. It doesn't make give, any sense give, to me. Give me the name of a vegan they can reason with. There are three. Yeah. There are three vegans that I think have the potential to be reasoned with. Okay. Uh, the, the number one is Ezelkant's wife. I think she has misgivings. Who is on. just some milfy chick hanging out there who says nothing and does yeah. nothing. She has, but and, and we don't even know what kind of power she has over the populace. So, but hopefully she has some kind of sway on. But well, we got to go. She's by a woman the in age. Yeah. What do you expect her to accomplish? Think about. What was I thinking? Think about that. She's a woman in age. Number, she has no ability and no power. Number two is Dean. Although he's angry over the death of his sister, he also knew Keo tried everything that he possibly could. And his response to wife. finding out that his friend was an Earther was he's to immediately sign up for the military that is attacking Earth. That's and he's true. also, at best, a low-level mook. God damn, you, you, you are a lawyer. Um <laughs> Number three, even though he still seems like a diehard of Isokant, he's starting to show signs of doubt, and that is uh, Zahart. Um, as uh, I'm sure as his progression is going to go along, well, he's going to see... Clearly not watch the newest episodes where oh, Asamu tries to tell him the truth that Keo yep. learned, and his response is, I'm never going to listen to anything that you say, and you're yeah. nonsense. Wow. Yeah, so, pretty no. much. 
Well, there you go. Congratulations, Sobro. Well, I fail on every level. <laughs> any any vegans left? Where, where where are those sympathetic vegans that we, we can reason with? No, I I agree with you because it's it's like we stated. I mean, there's just there's nothing we we we've seen throughout you know what forty episodes now that these people are just blindly devoted to this guy. There's no dissident faction. There's no semblance of anybody really questioning this. I mean, even as much as uh, Zhard has some questions about things. He's still a diehard in the end. He might question the actual strategy of what they did, but he's not questioning the reason behind, um, you know, Easel Kant's great plans. The, uh, the fat guy, he only because he just wants to blow up stuff and he, you know, he just wants to kill as many earth people as he can. And it just, you know, the, the, the fact that the, all these people, all these resources are being used to wage this war that, Nothing good has come out of this war for them for 60 years, and they're still blindly doing it as all of them are living in poverty and dying from space aids. Doesn't make any freaking sense, man. This, this show has done a wretched job at, at uh, depicting the vegans. I mean, I would even say that the um, the coordinators in Destiny are better are, are you know they're, they're better depicted. You know, you got to at least know them a little bit, oh, and even fanatics use- like like the Zanskari from from Victory are better depicted than these guys wow. because yeah. Zanskari had at least uh, a good handful of uh, sympathetic people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wasn't I, I all would, just crazies. I was. I would say that to me, the 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 Vegans are on par with the Titans. Um, the Titans. Even, even the Titans had more good people in them. So they had yeah. charismatic people. I, I they think, but they had they had. Not, they weren't all psychopaths, it you know. Like they, they were. It, your girl, your girl uh, Emma was a titan. Your your I, girl Emma was was then, their goddess. And then there was a one guy that uh that died quickly. That was at uh Dakar, right? right? But, but but the thing and then is, there were some other people like some other people. Know, Mauer, uh, she wasn't uh, all crazy. She was, you know, she wasn't all about the titans as much as you thought. I mean, yeah. And, and uh, Captain Gotti, you know, he was a titan, but he wasn't all like, yeah, let's go gas everything. You know, yeah. he did his job. He questioned. He questioned a lot of that stuff, a lot of what they were doing. I mean, there's nobody. There's no equivalent of those characters for the Vegans. There's none of them sitting there going, "Why, why are we doing this?" Like, there is it, no M machine of the Vegans. Not even a single defector. Yeah. yeah so, you're right. I, I would have to say, as it stands now, before the show even ends, the Vegans are without a doubt the worst depicted villains in the entire history of Gun. Damn, yeah. that's saying a lot too, because there have been there have been some real ringers. <laughs> I know, but without a doubt, the vegans have to be for for their fanaticism, for their uh, shocking incompetence. Because to they, be they honest the with prize. you, their their reasoning of just you know trying to take back Earth is kind of you know it, it's it's probably the weakest of all the motivations of all of the. Um, I mean, it, it, at least with you know, well, it would make more sense that they were just trying to take uh, take back Earth instead of this low rent destiny plan. Yeah, that too. Yeah. But anyway, we're getting in circles here, so. There's no point in going on. It's pretty clear uh, what uh, what we feel. And I do want to throw out this one last bit. What's up? It's a general notice. Just because we are expressing a dislike with the show now and any further dislike we may express in future segments does not at all uh, justify any of the pre-hate that people were lobbing at this show. No. Because there's a huge difference. There's a world of difference between judging something from blurry magazine scans and then judging something after you've seen it. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, 40 episodes. I don't want to hear any from from uh, you know trolls and haters. Oh, see, we told you so. Now you see how crappy it is. No, you 
you just assumed it from nonsense and your own blind hatred. I, on the other hand, have experienced it through sitting down and watching the show for 40 weeks. So I just want that to be out there. Yeah, we, we don't we're not coming off of knee jerk reactions. We're actually enjoying the or actually well I wouldn't say enjoying, but we're actually watching the show and experiencing it while they're sitting off on the they're they're sitting on the, the bleachers making comments about a show they're not even watching. They're actually not the bleachers, their parents' basements. Oh yeah, no, there you go. <laughs> From the depths of the piss because they have to do a double at uh, Fridays. Anyway. But they have a film degree. Let's let's wrap up this discussion. The saga where we uh, we plowed through episodes thirty-seven to forty of Age, and we will be right back with more Gundam at MAHQ. We have a problem. We need to set up a perimeter. Who is this? Isn't this the coach of the baseball team? No, you have the wrong number. This is Shirley Douglas's residence. Really? Yes, I should know. She's my mother. Your mother? You still live with your mother? How old are you? I'm hanging up now. Kiefer, who was that? Gun- Damn it, Mom! I told you to knock before you come in! Greetings. I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Come back here! I'm not finished with you! Gun- Uh, this is going to be the second segment of this episode, episode 107. And it's kind of a fun little topic that we kind of brought up here. And um, I'm sure we'll be missing some stuff and they'll be uh, kindly posted all the emissions up on Mecha Talk once we're done with this. Uh... <laughs> the once once we're done with this segment. I can't believe you guys are not there. to mention blank. <laughs> the yes. how could you forget section. <laughs> yeah, really. We should have our own section on that. Um we should do an entire episode of how, how of all the things that we forgot. Just yeah. 
just go through all those all those posts. But um, yeah, this one's gonna be kind of fun though. It's gonna be talking about all. We're just gonna do a quick little roundup of all the all the pets and uh, some of your favorite mecha anime shows. And um, I guess I'll kick it off. And the first one I'll probably say is um, uh, he was a pet in uh, a show that was reviewed in episode 100 that we talked about here in Gundam, and uh, that would be uh, everybody's favorite frosty one. Well, actually, he wasn't a frosty one. He was a he was a warm weather penguin, Pen Pen. So, guys, your thoughts on Pen Pen, the beer drinking, uh, AC refrigerator living uh, penguin? Warm weather. Yeah. Uh, he is the best character in that show that we reviewed, and my favorite character in that show that we reviewed. Seriously, I am not. I am not kidding. I seriously am not kidding. Pen Pen was my favorite character in that show. Man. Goodness. One. Definitely. Well, I, I know that he was an avid beer drinker. <laughs> and he As apparently it. warm water penguins are. Yeah, apparently so. And he, and he loved it. He, it, it, since he's a warm water penguin, man, he loved his hot springs. He loved his uh, jacuzzi baths, man. He was so cool, man. He, he's cool, but he was hot as hell. He was a very a very zen penguin to have, to be able to live with uh, Misato and Asuka and Shinji. Yeah. I don't know how he put up. I don't know how he put up with them. <laughs> I don't know either. He he had to have had the patience of a saint, man, a, a penguin saint. You you really wonder why he just didn't get up one day and just leave. And they would have just woken up and. But, uh, but there'd be there's so much beer. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And, and so much beer and you know bath and refrigerator. Like why why would you leave that? You're a penguin. Yeah, yeah, you know that that is the thing. I mean, Masato didn't really cook unless it was cup of noodles, but um, you know, she always had plenty of cup of noodles and uh, beer in her refrigerator. So yeah, mm-hmm. kind of what's what any penguin bachelor would want. And, and you know what? Every so often he'd get to see her naked as she ran around the place. So yeah. and unfortunately, <laughs> he'd see Shinji naked too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> past and the his teeth. his right. uh, his uh... his girthness. <laughs> His lack of girthness, as evidenced by uh, toothpicks. <laughs> and lack of balls. That, too. That was shown to that's that. why he's always so emasculated. Oh. Oh, anyway. But anything else on old uh, Pen Pen, Pen Squared? Add extra P for pimp. All right. Uh, Chris from Miami. What are your thoughts? Mecha Pats. Tell us. Um, Go on. I'm going to throw in one who's a current right. favorite. Who? <laughs> what? Who am I? Chris. Chris from Miami. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, okay. Becca Pats. Yes. I'm going to throw in a uh, current favorite as evidenced by my avatar on Mecha Talk, and that is Noah the Three-Toed Sloth from Eureka 7 AO. <laughs> That's what that is. The, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the avatar that changed so much of an uproar in uh, Mecha Talk there. I saw like, oh my god, Chris changed his avatar. Like, <laughs> what the heck is that? Yeah. Why, why is there a sloth with sunglasses? <laughs> why is it pink? Yes. Anyway, uh, Noah, he's he's a very um, counter to his species, a very active sloth. Uh, he likes uh, just picking through books and magazines. I don't know if he can read, but he makes it look like he can read. Mm-hmm. He, he swims around. He hangs out on people's backs. Uh, pretty much, I guess the writers don't understand that three-toed sloths are very, very slow. <laughs> Yeah, and the sound that he makes uh, when he's confused by things, I think, is the same sounds that Pen Pen makes. So I don't know what Three Toed Sloths sound like, but I'm pretty sure it's not whatever that sound is that Noah makes. But who cares? Because he's just so awesome. It's good yeah. to see. It's good to see that voice actor is going to work again. <laughs> 
I don't know if that's even just a voice actor or just a range of effects. I don't think that there's that there's a. Uh, I don't think there's a Japanese Frank Welker out there doing all of these pets. From the Foley artist that brought you Ben Ben. Yeah. So yeah, Noah. If you haven't watched Eureka Seven AO, watch it for Noah because he's he's just he's the awesomest slock there ever was. Nice, nice. Okay. Well, well thank you, Chris, for your submission. Man, all right. So, bro, you're up. I am up. Uh, I've got to. I got to. Wait, give answer sh- the question. I've got to give shout. Turn his mic off. <laughs> Gonna make it real hard to, to submit my uh, my nominee. Um, I've got to give shout outs to Arthur, uh, the uh, the hand biting cat from Code Geass that would bite <laughs> the hell out of us. Uh... <laughs> I wonder why you chose this specific animal with this specific. Oh man, because he's the king. The he's legend king. of the king coming back. You know what though? <laughs> What's up, Arthur the cat? was more useful than than your uh so-called arthur was so. oh my god uh, you mean uh rivals Revolve? rivals was no 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 oh yeah you're no no about, no oh you're talking about saji oh, talking about my. mr saji mr yeah. saji crossroach was isn't isn't that one point though a mannequin more useful than um saji crossroach dang i, I mean at least the mannequin helps sell things saji did do some stuff <laughs> What, uh, he, he, threw, he threw a chair at a zombie ribbon saying that's all he ever did. He, yeah. was a, he was a mechanic, too. Didn't he help to repair stuff on board? the? After he broke it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But <laughs> From not firing when he should have. Yeah, and, break and it. You break it. You delivery man. You break it, you buy it. You yeah, know, or you fix it. But, um, yeah, Arthur, Arthur held it down, man. Biting Suzaku's hand whenever he had the moment to do so. <laughs> I, I often wonder, was Arthur uh, related to the cat from Azamanga Dayo? Because uh, his, first, his first inclination of anything was to bite. So Black cat, so. He reminds me of my cat here, uh, Felicia. She, likes a, she wants you to pet her, but then she'll bite you. And I don't understand that. <laughs> I can tell you a reason. Feral cat. Yeah. Don't adopt cats from the streets. Oh, my gosh. That's a whole other conversation right there. But, yeah, a little bit of Arthur's in that cat. And, um, yeah, yeah, that, that's another story. But um, that's my nominee is Arthur from Code Gears. All right. Well, I'm going to go to a normal pet. And oh. um, <laughs> I, 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 I guess I guess we could we could do this with, uh, you know, it's it's closer related to a mecha world would be, um, of course, uh, everyone's favorite. Uh, uh, well, especially the queen, Queenie's her favorite uh, anime character, Ayn. The Welsh Corgi. Oh, yes. You know? Yeah, because Queenie, she'd like that. Hey, hey Queenie. <laughs> Let me pet your dog. You got some nice dogs there, Queenie. Been amazing. You've been around for so long, you, you were you were there during the revolution. <laughs> 200 years. <laughs> Bring me tacos. Get me candy. <laughs> Get me candy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I. Yes, <laughs> love Lovable Corgi, the data dog. Yeah, where we only had really one episode where <laughs> we saw his uh, his um, his abilities in action. Other than that, he was just uh, comic relief. Uh, he couldn't be bothered with these bums otherwise. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Shout uh, outs to my, my co my co host on Fighters Ready, Nick the Stampede. He actually has a Welch Corgi um, that they named Ayn when they got him. He looks just like the dog from uh, Cowboy Bebop. It's crazy. Well. <laughs> Really, uh, a real life dog looks exactly like one that that, that uh, is animated based on that species. I know it's wild, right? Guess, hey, hey Solbro, <laughs> guess what? I had a golden retriever once that looked like Airbud. <gasps> nice. 
Hey, you know what? Did you teach him to dunk? Soul bro, guess what? What's up? I was at a fire station once, and they had a Dalmatian, and it looked like the dogs from 101 Dalmatians. Oh, and the, and the dog from uh, the Budweiser commercials, right? Oh, man. I bet. I bet oh. you had a collie, too, that looked like Lassie. Oh, yeah. my God. I saw a collie that looked like Lassie. Shocking. Get I know. Out. It, must be his tw- it must be her twin. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I was a, it, it was funny because, you know, you always have that um, thing with pets, even in real life, where you think they kind of understand you. But mm-hmm. you could definitely tell that I could pretty much understand uh, all the uh, all the stuff that was going on there. Understand and probably surpassed intellectually all of them except for Ed. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. And I think that's why you saw him with Ed the most. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't be around these idiots. He's like, uh, you know, you got some crusty old man with one arm. You got some uh, other idiot who's just out to get himself killed and then some dumb bimbo so it's like what else uh who's on the same level as me so um guys any any thoughts of Ayn outside of what you said he's awesome He's, he, he, he makes me want to go and get a Welsh Corgi, man. He's a uh, same he's here. Really, really, really cool dog, man. Um, and he had the sense to get off the bebop along with Ayn when the, when the right yeah. time came. <laughs> that, that's when that's when you know he was a really smart dog because he's like, like time to go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, these idiots are going to get themselves killed, and oh. there's going to be a lot of a lot of a uh, lot of drama that I don't need to be a part of. I'm I'm out. Um, <laughs> you want to know what I you want to know what I want to know? What's that? Mm-hmm. What do you want? Where's Ayn's spinoff show? Oh, <laughs> he could definitely use one. Um, the, the misadventures of Ayn and Edward. Oh, you know that would be a hilarious. That'd have been hilarious right there because we had that one episode where they went into town and they had the kind of the misadventures of those. Two. <laughs> they're, they're sitting there messing up everything, but yet they're coming out with no problems. <laughs> yes, what? give us a whole show of that. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I don't. Spike Spiegel's dead, whether you want to believe it or not. Give us more Ayn instead. <laughs> The saga continues, man. Yes, <laughs> exactly. No, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I could definitely do that. So uh, I'm gonna go to uh, Solbro, your your animal. Well, back to me. All right. Uh, I guess my next animal is. Uh, I will probably go with uh, Flanders from uh, Gundam uh, Victor, uh, Mobile Suit Victory Gundam. Um, that that big dog was uh, a a regular throughout the entire series. There was a few arcs where he was nowhere to be found, but when the kids were around, so was Flanders in the normal suit. It was great. <laughs> Just seeing him float in zero g gravity inside of a. Uh, well, he's, uh, a he was always suit. near that damn baby, and not uh, Marbet Space Baby, but that other baby. Yeah, Carlman. Carlman, yeah. There you go. Protecting the you kids. Know, the man. funny thing about Flanders is his name is very appropriate to the depressing level of that show because <laughs> I'm pretty sure his name is a reference to The Dog, Dog of Flanders, Flanders. <laughs> which is a uh, a European story that apparently for some reason is very well known in Japan oh, yeah. and has traumatized an entire generation of children because it's a story about a poor boy and his dog who freeze to death. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> it's very fitting given the depressing atmosphere of victory. That's that's the perfect name for a dog. That tells an- that dog's name tells you what you're in for with this show. <laughs> there was an anime that was made uh based on the dog of Flanders that was uh brought to dash brought to the United States way back in the early 2000s. And uh, that is by far one of the saddest stories I've ever seen animated, period. It's so sad. <laughs> but that dog is aptly named, given the nature of that show. I fully agree with you, Chris. Okay. Chris, your pet. Or a pet. I'm going to have to go with um, the all-purpose Tribble from Macross 7, a.k.a. Goo Baba. 
There you go. Because <laughs> I mean, he was kind of like he, a triple, wasn't he? He basically mm-hmm. was a triple with eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, and he, he was always hanging around uh, Mylene, uh, his devoted pet. Which um, we find out in uh, Macross Seven Plus, the backstory was that um, he was on a on a planet with a bunch of Goobabas or whatever mm-hmm. they're called, and uh, some T Rex was just chomping them all up for lunch. Yep. And then he uh, managed to survive against all odds the uh, T-Rex lunchtime and was found by Max, who, of course, <laughs> gave him to Mylene. So, you know, he's a pet. He's cute. He's a um, he's a good proto-devlin detector. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got he's got good skills on that much. And he uh, he takes a beating and uh, keeps on uh ing <laughs> And makes crazy noises. Yeah. yeah crazy noises. Yeah. Likes to dance, too. So... Well, he's in the right scene since the since since his master is a a, a band member. Yeah, he's just taking boogies all over the stage. <laughs> all right. Anything else about Kubaba? No. Go to my next pet. I don't know if he, well he was a pet, but he wasn't really of one of the main characters. But it's the dog that Hero killed and uh, <laughs> Gundam Wig. As as we know, the the dog that you know how many times must he kill that dog uh, girl and her dog? Yeah. Um, you know the the creepiness and endless waltz as we see poor little um, dead puppy. Yeah, we see um, you know the uh, Hero in his bike shorts and tank top walking down a thing holding a dead puppy. So um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> too too bad that puppy we couldn't search and replace that puppy with uh, Quatra. So, uh, oh, oh, oh damn! <laughs> or Catra, whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> or or Relina. <laughs> Any number damn. of candidates. I'm just saying. But okay. uh, guy, guys, your your thoughts of uh, the the dog the hero killed. He, he um, had a sad life. He did. He did. <laughs> I, I don't know who to be sadder for, the girl or the dog. <laughs> well, since they're both dead, yeah. I would think the girl. Oh. Mainly because, you know, she's a human being. That dog, the dog was adorable, though, man. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> the most was... adorable dead dog I've ever seen in my life. Man, boy, they, they depicted him so well. In, the in, very in... nicely animated OVA budget dead dog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Yes. Let's just move on. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Chris, uh, another pet that that tickled you pink. Well, I'm going to give mention to a lesser known pet, and that is Graham the Black Owl from Broken Blade, which we mentioned in the last episode. Hmm. And um, he is uh, the king of Krishna's Black Owl, and he likes to troll the main character Rygart by. Uh, landing on Rygart's head, even though he's a fully grown uh, heavy owl and just dig his claws in. Nice. <laughs> or he likes to uh, whack underage, uh, abnormally developed, large-breasted girls with his wings. There you go. Or he likes to throw away his food. <laughs> so he's basically just the trollingest owl there, there ever has been. Nice. <laughs> but he's the king's owl, so you better not mess with him. Hey, man. Trolling owls. That equals fun. Yes. <laughs> and meme picks. And no, oh, mean of course, mean picks. I mean, what what other things should we live for in our life but mean picks? So nothing. So, bro, any uh, woody woody commentaries about this? About that owl? Well, or I, since uh, Broken Blade's not on Hulu Plus or Netflix, no comment. You're a funny guy. Um, no, <laughs> no comment. He, he sounds like he sounds like he sounds like quite the character, man. He sounds like a <laughs> another good reason to check that show out. Um, but yeah, if anything, I can't say much. He's an owl though, so that makes him stand out. So that's pretty cool. Ooh, he's always on the lookout, right? Just there like just like owls are. <laughs> 
He's peeping. <laughs> On that note, Soul Bro, a pet. Back to me, huh? Um, I've got to give a shout out to the original Alphonse from, uh, <laughs> although we never got to know him all that much. He Why was... are you stealing my stuff, man? Hey, man, you, you got plenty. <laughs> It's not my fault that you don't watch anything. Hey, man, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> the original Alphonse, who we didn't really get to see all that much or at all in uh, Pat Labor, but he is uh, he is the inspiration for the name of the actual uh, uh, mo- uh, police armor that uh, the main character uses in that show. And you mean I, Noah? Yeah, what's that? Noah. Yeah, yeah, Noah. Yeah, yeah, Noah. Maybe she, you can read about that in my review since I actually watched the show. Yes, indeed. Don't worry, man. I'll be prepared next episode when we talk about uh-huh. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll see about yeah, that. Yeah, Ve- Ve- Vegas, Vegas betting is open on that one. Uh, you bet. Anyway, um, yeah, she uh, that definitely the uh, influence for that. I don't even know what that dog looks like, to be honest. In the TV show, did it ever have a flashback to... Uh, to 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 Noah's dog. Um, well, if you if you read the reviews uh, mm-hmm. for episodes forty six and forty seven, which I just published today uh-huh. as we're recording this, there is a picture of yeah. uh, young Noah with the original Alphonse. Oh, I'm gonna check that out at mahq.net. I well, I didn't say I took a screenshot of it. What's that? I didn't say I took a screenshot of it. It's, oh. I said it's in the episode, which so you would have review. to watch yeah. to know this. Well then, yeah. well then, I still I still encourage people to visit and read those reviews at mahq.net and. The the, uh, the mystery, though, which I believe has never been seen, is the second Alphonse, which was a cat. We've, I don't think yeah. we've ever seen Alphonse Mark II. That's right. She names all her pets the same name. Yes. So, uh, Alphonse the cat, we never knew you. Mm-hmm. Sadly. Sadly. All right. Uh, that's that, that's my, 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 my next candidate. Any um, Back to you, Neo. Any more ridicule of Solbro, Chris? No. Or can I go? Okay. Um, well... Actually, the, this uh, this pet uh, was more enjoyable than its master because uh, its master was awful. I think I I can tell which one this is already. Oh uh, no! Because I honestly wanted this pet to you know when it when it pokey evolved uh, to basically bite the head off of its master because I would have sanctioned this and that's uh, little icon. Oh, of, uh, the, you know the the squeaky little blobby you know, Faraja thing that was, you know, oh, so cute, but then he becomes this heinous mutant bug that'll just rip you up, that'll um, gilliam you. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he was, uh, I I felt bad for him because he had to actually deal with Ronka, listen to her music, uh, be around her at all times. Um, So, I mean, when it comes to um, a pet that you really felt for, you really had to feel for this one, and uh, it was good to see that he survived. Unfortunately, his master did too, and that's what really sucks. So, oh. <laughs> Chris, uh, your thoughts of Vicoon, um, the most tolerant of all pets out there? Yeah, I, I like him better than his uh, his master as well. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious that I, I I'm a Cheryl ending person, so I, I'm not a big fan of uh, of Icoon's master. Yeah. <laughs> What's your thoughts of Icon? Anything else about him? Or he was cuter before he evolved. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like most Pokemon, he was cuter when he um, cuter as a small guy. Then he totally became a big guy. Then he, then then he has the evolve and just completely ruined the cuteness. <laughs> or, or he didn't get swarmy like uh, Charmander did. He was always funny. But Chris or uh, Solbro. No, I enjoy Icon. Huh? What? Chris Solbro. Who am I? Where is this? <laughs> I don't know. Who are you? What are we doing? Who are you? Who who 
who who are you? Oh, <laughs> bad music pun. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, I I enjoyed I I I Icon and 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 should I get my sunglasses and do the bad pun for the dead person? <laughs> Oh no! It's Icon, all tied up. <laughs> Icon was a lot of fun with with his his or her antics, um, and just 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 provided a lot of amusement in Macross Frontier. Um, I, I kind of you know, it, it's so adorable. You can e- easily see them marketing, uh, um, you know, little stuffed animals of uh of Icon, um, you know, pretty easily for the Macross uh, Frontier fans and whatnot. What what is anime without marketing? No doubt, no doubt. But uh, Icon was cool, uh, and and I, I I you know I did like Icon's master a little bit more than you guys, but <laughs> but um at the same time I think Icon was a nice compliment to uh, to Ronka, and um it was good to see Icon in that series, and finally finding out the mystery behind Icon later on in the show as well. All right, all right, open forum time. Chris Sobro, battle one, go. Blah. <laughs> Is that oh it? I got that... I got some. Uh, I mean, we, we've probably gone through most of the stuff, so I have mm-hmm. just a few uh, honorable mentions. Go for okay. it. Uh, since we've talked about Eureka Seven, we have to mention uh, Gulliver, the mm. bat thing from the original series. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't don't know what he was. <laughs> yeah, I never understood what he was. He was, was. bat and and uh, <laughs> just there. Mm-hmm. Kudo and Shiro, two cats from Super Robot Wars, who um, have to deal with uh, poor Masaki, who is uh, so hopelessly uh, lost all the time that he makes uh, Ryoga from Rano One Half look like a uh, <laughs> Google Maps cartographer. Oh Jesus, <laughs> that's nuts! <laughs> now that's real lost. Yes. No. That's anything else, Sobra? No, I can't think of any other candidates. I mean, uh, 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 other than um, ones of the only ones we could talk about right now are real, actual animals, not robot companions. So, well, since no one has mentioned him yet, we should probably also mention then uh, Buta from Gurren Lagan. Yeah. Yes, yes. Most That's... badass little like pig dude thing with a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> he was the coolest pig piggish creature <laughs> to ever appear you know, in May. The the shining moment for Buta, I think, was the fact when he became a criminal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When uh, when Simon got arrested and uh, Buta got arrested as well, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason they had a pair of Buta sized handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> for him. I don't know why, but they they had them just in case. Hey. That, 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 that's coming prepared. <laughs> and this is a little dude who sacrificed his own ass to, yes. to feed his master and recharge him so yeah. that he could fight and save the day. I forgot about the snack. <laughs> of his tail and hind he, he basically, he menchied himself. Oh, yeah. no. He willingly menchied himself. <laughs> menchie? I totally forgot about that. <laughs> that poor dog. <laughs> But yeah, um, I, I can't think of uh, many other uh, candidates. All right. Well, I'm sure the listeners out there will will kindly put uh, any omissions that we had on Mecha Talk once this um, episode is released. So um, we'll be right back with uh, some more stuff here on Gundam at MHQ.
be a stupid mother to get fired on your day off. And just how outrageous are the hosts of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast? Bulma, brief, from Dragon Ball Z, is such a tease. Anime. You're gonna go over to Master Roshi's house every day, wearing your little short shorts, your little sexy tops. Addicts. But you're not gonna let him tap that ass, even though he wants to tap it, and he gets nosebleeds all the time. Anonymous. He's 500 years old, the man can't die till he gets laid. Let the man rest in peace. All I gotta say is, Master Roshi's sperm count is over 9,000. Podcast. Don't miss a moment. Tune in at aaapodcast.com and iTunes. Get rid of everything that creates hate. Everything that helps make it grow. Alright everyone, this is Syl Bosby. And you've heard about... Judo! Judo... Judo Washington. Judo and the Junkyard Kids. Well, this fall on WSBR, they're going to be coming to your home. Uh, annoying pest. What are you looking at? <laughs> You're being mean, Judo. Why won't you play with me? Judo is under my control. Join Judo as they go against all the wackiness with the Mashima and the Junkyard guy. And you learn a little things in the end. That's it. This fall, Judo and the Junkyard kids on WSBR for your DVR favorites. Judo, you just watch. I'm going to get you this time. Walter, I love you, but sooner or later you're going to have to face the fact you're a goddamn moron. Welcome back to episode 107 of Gundam at MAHQ. In this episode, we reviewed uh, the last episodes of the uh, the third generation of Gundam Age. Uh, wow. Leading into so this, why are you so hope- why are you so hopeful? What's yeah. that? What are you talking about? This isn't the last episodes of the third generation. Well, the arc, the arc is the, the there's a, the, I guess the arc that they're in now is the. It's still the same arc. Oh, you think so? I mean, I've, 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 yeah, it's the I've same characters. It's the same arc. Nothing changed. I've read differently, but I'll take your word for it. Clearly, you, you have been reading the wrong thing. Making me well, happy. I thought I didn't have any more of those episodes to go through. I was like, what, this could cancel? <laughs> Not quite. Uh, episodes 37 through 40. Yeah, it's amazing how first Gundam and X gets canceled and this yet goes on. <laughs> it's got to run it's got to run its course, I guess. But um yeah, so episodes 37 through 40 we reviewed for Gun- Mobile Suit Gundam Age. And then uh, in the second segment we talked about some of our uh, some of the most notable uh, pets that appeared in mecha anime and um, some 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 uh, who died before their time but and some who rose to prominence but uh, before we close this episode out I turn the mic over to the postmaster himself Chris for the mailbag all right so we take your voicemails as always at 305-792-8324 or 305 SWAT bag and a note before we start we did receive a call from Dalo but unfortunately, your reception was so terrible that I couldn't make out your question at all. So give us another call and uh, try again because I uh, don't know what the hell you're saying other than your name. Seriously, it was that bad. Get some better reception. Don't don't uh, call from the, cent- the center of some tornado. 
two two words landline yes please folks whenever if you can use a landline because cell phones uh more often than not we've had it happen a couple of times with gunnam and chaos theater that i don't know what the hell you all are saying because your cell phones break out so if you can use a landline please do and and, and uh, two other words speakerphone as in don't use it that too Anyway, our first question comes from Anomalia and is directed towards Neo. Oh, no. I want to know if he's, him being such a robot hater, if he's read Prey by Michael Crichton. As it deals with nanomachines, nanomachines are a type of robot. I figured of all of Michael Crichton's works, it'd be the most up his alley. And if he hasn't, I have to wonder if he'd consider reading it. All right, so Neo, uh, Michael Crichton, have you read that book? No, I haven't. So, I mean, it sounds interesting if there's anything about robot apocalypse and, and ways of trying to uh, stop it or to defeat it, I'm, I'm on it. So, well, will, will it join the robot tomes? Well, I'd have to read it first to know. I mean, the, 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 the tomes are there for, hey, you guys laugh, but, um, <laughs> you know, when, 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 when the shit hits the fan and the robots are killing all you guys, there's only going to, there's going to be four lone warriors banded together that you're going to see. Me, Sir Bay, the Admiral, and Larry King. Cause <laughs> well, outside I will well, welcome I, our new robot overlords. Because uh, outside of uh, the United States military, there's nobody else in the world that has more explosives than Sir Bay. The Admiral, he's killed robots and, and two sci-fi things. And, uh, well, we need somebody to cover it. What a better choice than Larry King, one of our most respected news, news reporters there is. Okay. Well done. <laughs> so anyway, moving on, our second question comes from Billy Gundam fan. Why do characters say other characters' names so much during conversations in anime? I've been watching a lot of Double O lately, and I don't get why Alleluia has to scream Marie so much. Or when Setsuna talks to Marina, she always says his name after he completes any sentence. I just don't get it. Is it an anime thing, or is it a Japanese cultural thing? Second question. Do you guys associate any seasons or time of the year with various shows? It seems me and my brother are always watching Double O and Geass during the summer, and we tend to watch Zeta and G and the older shows during the fall and winter. I don't know, it just seems like we tend to associate some shows with summer and spring or winter and fall. I don't know, maybe it's just me. All right, so um, names, I don't know why that happens. I think that's that's just a Gundam thing, especially Double O, where uh, everyone in social being likes to say everyone's full names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thierry Arde, Setsuna Fseye, Lacan Stratos, <laughs> Marina Ismail. That's especially Setsuna's thing. And then in Age, uh, the last few episodes, Gerard Spriggan, Gerard Spriggan, Gerard Spriggan. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's an anime thing too, because I, I, I don't know. I think it's a Gundam, a Gundam thing, because I don't, I don't watch <laughs> anime where I see so many people throwing out full yeah. names all the time. I, it happened a lot in Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Z. That much I can tell you. People's names being screamed all the time, and people throwing names around in that show all the time. So maybe it's just a bad adaptation or whatnot. But um. I, I honestly don't know. I just recall that that was an experience in that show too. But Gundam more so than anything else. Yeah. Um, people's names getting uh, uh, just just said. You know, like 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 the people don't know what their names are. Honestly, I I I wish they would uh, tone that down. But I I guess we'll see what happens. I, I can't think of if that happens a lot in Unicorn. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I think not as much. Pretty lax on it, but there is a lot of. Banaji Rinks being thrown around. But other than that, I don't think uh, there's too much. So uh, to the second question, 
seasons in anime, I can't say that I really associate any any scenes with the anime. Maybe because I live in Florida, we don't have seasons. <laughs> we just have hot. Amen to that. And sometimes less hot during the quote-unquote winter. Yeah. <laughs> what a winter it was, or lack thereof. Yeah, so that that's Florida. We don't seasons. I don't know what those are. Yeah, I associate seasons more with TV shows than I do anime. Anime, um, I've just run into anime shows at, at, at various times, but I've never really associated any kind of season with any kind of anime series. You know, I just watch series whenever uh, whenever desire comes. Um, TV shows are a different story, though. But, Neo, any any thoughts on this? Well, uh, I was born and raised in South Florida and now live in Southern California, so I, I agree with Chris. Uh, season's one of those things. The only thing I know of is every so often those interruptions when you go up to, like, uh, New York City or Chicago and I used to go up to Canada. So mm-hmm. it's like, wait, wait well, it's all this white stuff on the ground. Oh, okay. I only got to put up for it for about a week or two, so I'm gone. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, yeah, it doesn't... Um, I sometimes probably will watch things depending on the moods that I'm in. I would think that would be more of a prevalent thing for me. I mean, uh, when it comes to watching shows, especially, you know, shows I've already seen before or something like that. But yeah, seasons, (laughs) the seasons don't influence me like, oh, the leaves are turning brown. It's now time for some Zeta Gundam. (laughs) Oh, those damn Tetons. Oh, oh, oh. So, is that your no. Mitt Romney impersonation? <laughs> hey man, I'm not tan enough to be re- doing a Mitt Romney impersonation. <laughs> or, or was that was that Paul Ryan? Mm, I'm not goofy enough looking to be uh, doing a Paul Ryan imitation. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, that's it for the voicemail. So again, uh, Dalo, give us a call back. Let us know what you uh, had to say. And anyone else, please uh, keep those calls rolling because we're almost through the uh, the voicemail bag. So. Hmm. Need those questions keep coming in. And we're going to switch over now to the regular mailbag, which you can drop questions off for us at the Mechatalk forum. Our first one comes from FlameX, who says, Gundam composers, Kenji Kawai, double O, or Hiroyuki Sawano, unicorn. Hmm. Neo. What? What am I? I'm supposed to pick between these two? Yeah. Yeah, between those two guys. Um... What was the one? It's one guy from double O and the guy from... Unicorn. 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 I'll be honest with you. I think I'm going to go more towards the guy from Unicorn, or I'm sorry, from Double O, because that music seemed a little bit more memorable to me. Not nec- not saying that Unicorn is bad. It's just it seemed like a lot of the stuff in Double O kind of stood out a little bit more. I, I don't sit there as I watch. Uh, Unicorn is not one of those shows where I'm like, wow, the, the music's incredible in this. I think it's like... I mean, it's bad. It's just I'm not blown over by it. But, you know, that's a lot of that stuff, especially some of that battle music and some of the, you know, the build up music to battles and stuff and all that. And double O is, is, is pretty memorable. It might be because Unicorn comes every once in a blue moon while we while we. Yeah, it comes like stuff. every every three years. It's, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, Sobro, your oh. choice. I listen to these. I listen to. I've run through the Gundam soundtracks on a regular basis, and if I was to pick one of the two, I love Kenji Gawai. I'm, I'm not going to discount him in any way, shape, or form. But I kind of like the sweeping themes of uh, Gundam Unicorn a little bit better. Um, political answer. Christ, man. I know Kenji Kawai is amazing. Yeah, this guy is awesome too. Blah, blah. I am an avid uh, listener. Of I see what you're saying, but uh, Kagali's crying. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, no, I'm yes, you, you're, you're going with that. Yeah, so that Unicorn is my is my pick, but only by a small margin. 
by Sol- right. Switzerland meets Solbro. Well, I'm going to have to go with Kenji Kawai because uh, I love his Double O soundtrack. And outside of Double O, uh, he has done some fantastic stuff, particularly with the Pat Labor movies and with uh, the two Gitz movies. Yeah. Oh, he did that too? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. Kenji Kawai, man. That, that dude's been putting in work for a long time. Yes. And uh, number two, have you guys seen Blue Gender? If so, what are your thoughts on the show? Ooh. I keep trying to watch the show, and I never get past, say, the second or third episode. And it's not because I don't like it. It's just other stuff happens. Mm-hmm. So I keep getting distracted. It's, it's mad bleak, without a doubt. <laughs> then it's right up my alley. So I will sit down at some point and finish it, which uh, hopefully in the fall I'll get to do once uh, age and some other stuff ends, and I'll have more free time on my plate. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to answer in short, uh, I've, I've seen the show not consecutively when it was airing on uh adult swim i'd catch the occasional episode or so but um the, what i did see of it man it is there's some tough times in that show for doubt no <laughs> without a doubt i know neo can definitely expand upon this though yeah i, I watched it when it uh, premiered on there and then i watched it again afterwards on um uh, on dvds and um yeah it's it's a good show but man it's tough it's you know i i equate it to one of these things where it's it's just such a bleak and just awful place and and it and it kind of hits home because it's one of these situations where it seems very very plausible mm-hmm. and yes it has mecha in it but it's not the mecha that you think of like with gundam or or um macross or something like this you know they're a lot they're a lot smaller they're, they're what called armor strikes, and you know they seem very within the reason of our of our technology. You know, maybe twenty or thirty years away. It's it's not it's not. And you know, the thing is, is the um you know the background of it is it's in this somewhat near future, and uh, a pandemic breaks out, and these people that they thought were sick were actually you know um n- not, and you know these 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 bugs come out and they take over the world and. Oh, the massacre in the freaking space station alone is just awful. What? So, yeah, it's just. It, I would suggest people watching it, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to be an easy watch because it's like, whew, you might do like one or two episodes, and you might have to go do something, get outside, you know, maybe watch something fun because it's some deep crap. But so, you, so from what you're describing, it seems like a, a kind of a blend of Starship Troopers meets Victory Gundam. In the sense of the bleakness meets the the premise, kind of. Uh, yeah, Starship Trooper is like not the bad movie that was made a couple of years ago. Or, novels. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's definitely like it's in that vein. Yeah. So. All right, and uh, question number three: How about Vandred? Uh, I have not seen Vandred. I've never seen it. I know it's a. I know it's a. I know it's an anime people's favorite thing, but never seen it. Okay, next we have Yokozuna Bulldozer who says, Hello! (laughs) Okay. Because it's in all caps. Mm. Transformation and combination gimmicks have been a common element in mecha shows from Gitter Robo to Macross and Gurren Lagan. Which combination or transformation gimmick do you guys each like the most, i.e. time limits to maintaining combined form, mass shifting, shape memory alloys, etc.? P.S. It was a shame that the Celestial Being mobile suits never combined. I'll throw out two. Uh, one was a rather interesting time limit for Dan Cougar Nova, mm-hmm. where in its combined form, it could only function for five minutes, or the amount of power it would generate would uh, cause it to overheat and kill all of the pilots. Oh, what? 
<laughs> Dang. <laughs> yes, which kind of gave a sense of uh, desperation to some of their fights, and let's hurry up and wrap this shit up. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, two, you cannot go wrong with uh, Gurren Lagann and uh, the basically steal and incorporate gimmick that that uh, little Lagann had of just, uh, oh, this mecha, I'm going to take this. Helmet, I'm going to take that. Flight pack, give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Well, um, gosh, I, I, I've got to, uh, I, I've got to go with the original, the, the original tr- uh, combining robot that I saw when I was growing up, uh, Voltron. Uh, I was always a thrill when growing up and watching that show, um, to see when they combined Voltron. I mean, watching the, uh, the first part of that series when it first premiered, how it took a week for them to finally get to that point. You know, that's all you were looking forward to is to see that happen. And then, you know, they would kill the monster of the week at that no point. No surprise that you choose a nostalgia answer. Hey, man, I'm just saying. That's the first combining robot. I've, I've got to mention it at least. <laughs> yeah, but he's what... asking about gimmicks, not just the fact that it combines. Like, what yeah. specific combining gimmick? Well, I mean, that was the whole gimmick of the show. So <laughs> Yes, but, but the it's specific not a gimmick, gimmick in and of itself that's unique. Combining robot, big deal. What is special about something that jumps out at you. What makes that special other than nostalgia? I guess it's, uh, you're right. I guess it's you're not going to weasel out of this guess. question. You're so, you're so. <laughs> and I already gave specific gimmicks to make you it did. easy for you to find something, and yet you just hit us with nostalgia. Well, damn. <laughs> well, how about Gal Gygar? Um, the gimmick in that series is uh is pretty neat with uh, with guy. What's the gimmick then? The guy guy himself is the the main component, but um. His, That's not the gimmick. The gimmick of the combination of Gal Gygar is this: it's the cloud of smoke that they whip around, <laughs> and at that no, and at the point, all the freaking all the uh, all the monsters are sitting there looking up until. I forget what episode it was. Till one of them went up there and actually grabbed them while they're trying to do the combination. That's Cause right. Because the, the, the gimmick was it's this impenetrable smoke while they can sit there and do the coolest freaking combinations ever. Yeah, that's someone, someone got wise to the game. That's right. Yeah, um, it, freaking jumped up. Yeah. yeah, that's the gimmick that he's talking about. Yeah, that was the that was the gimmick there. I, I was that's so wrong again, man. You did not choose wisely <laughs> on this one. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you wax then. Go ahead. I just did mine. Go, go, go. Yeah, move we'll, we'll on. Next, we have Mulaflaga. Hey, Gundam Trio. Time for a new mailbag entry from your second most infamous Australian criminal, the first being Bent Noir. Mm-hmm. This one is for the boss of Team Neo, Neo mm-hmm. himself. Neo, since you now have moved to Anaheim, Los Angeles, did you find Anaheim Electronics? You should go ask if you can get a Gundam or mobile suit off of them. <laughs> well, I... I- until recently, I don't live in Anaheim anymore. But um, yeah, I mean, all of Southern California people that know um, most of their defense contractors are here. So <laughs> I'm sure they have I'm something sure, hidden there. Yeah, I'm sure. If something's going on, it's going on here. And no, I've I've uh, never sat there and asked. Uh, I like my job too much instead of trying to lose it. So uh. all right. So. <laughs> Next, we have a question for uh, K173, which I'm going to direct to uh, to Neo. Oh, it says, Dear Gundam Crew, this question is sort of a follow-up to episode 103 segment on mecha in Western media and video games and the Iron Man film reviews and maybe the Iron Man anime series as well. How much do you feel the current aesthetic of Stark's armor and action scenes in the current comic books in this film have been influenced by manga and anime mecha style? While it's hard to say with the comics, seeing the CG armor in action, I can't imagine the designers and CG animators aren't anime-influenced or even fans of the genre, given that they are likely the right age to have grown up with such shows. So, 
can you see why it is you're the you're the go-to man on this one? <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, I would agree with that because I would say probably from the late '90s, early 2000s, not only in the uh, not only in the Iron Man comics, but I think in all comics, you start seeing um, the art style and influences of uh, certain things of all comics uh, being part of what the artists are doing because. You know, you have to think now these are, um, you know, a lot of the artists now were probably growing up in the 80s and were being exposed to a lot of this stuff. So, yeah, I would say, um, you know, quite a few of that is uh, being influenced in there and especially Iron Man because, you know, Iron Man has so many different uh, variants of the Iron Man armor. Like his dendrobium. His dendrobium, uh, you know, the, the some of the, the Hulkbuster armors, the extremist armor. Um, you know, some of them have that very angular uh, features, uh, almost uh, almost sometimes a little bit Gundam-like, especially in the face when it comes to the angular features and the way the eyes are and stuff like that. So, yeah, I would I would definitely think that that's um, that's the case. I mean, just as we've seen in you know stuff like the Matrix and you know other types of movies like that, where the 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 visions of Western uh, sci-fi and you know Eastern like anime and sci-fi are kind of merging because you know people are a little bit they have the accessibility to these things now so yeah I, w- I would definitely agree with that statement and you know I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I think it I think it adds a, it adds a little bit to it and you know when it's done well it, it works out as we've seen so um, you know all that, right it's my take next Man, we have today what do i do your special <laughs> next we have a pair of questions from proteus who says hello gundam crew the following questions involve basque ohm katagina loose gim ginganum ali al sausage and desil gallet oh, number Jesus. one imagine walking into a bar and the only available seat is next to one of the characters above who would you sit next to Walking out is not an option, as doing so would be interpreted as an insult to all five of them, and they would hunt you down to the end of the earth for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, uh, it's pretty clear for me that the answer is Katagina, because um, if, if, if I'm going to walk into a bar and sit next to one of these weirdos, uh, of course I'm going to choose the hot, busty blonde over any of those other weirdos, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to try to hit it. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, and then run away while she's sleeping. Yeah, I, 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 w- I would agree with that because, I mean, look, put it to you this way. If I see Ali al just anywhere, I'm going the other way. I'm getting away well, from can't, this guy. You can't. You can't. No, well, I'm, I'm talking. I, no, I could go the other way in the bar. He said I'd, I couldn't leave the bar, but I could yeah. be in the, if If Kanajin is on this side and Ali al is over there. And every time that he would come over closer to us, I'd be like, hey, babe, let's uh, move over here. Because, yeah, I mean, I'd rather just have a one-night stand with her. And why the hell would I want to talk to Bascom with his goofy glasses? And who, and, and who are the other ones? Ginging of him? Oh, jeez, that and, guy's and, crazy, yeah. too. And, and Desiel. Oh, Desiel. Uh, he'd just sit Maybe, there and uh, talk. you can walk up Flit to him and, and, and tell him that uh, he should hang out with this old dude named Flit Asuno. But they yeah. talk really well. Yeah, well, that, that, so, uh, that's, an, that's an easy one. That's an easy one. Got it, Gina. So, bro, uh, choose your poison. Well, I'll tell you who I wouldn't sit next to. Uh, three of these people are freaking insane. And I mean homicidally insane. The Joker insane. One is Katagina. Although she starts out chill, she's out of her damn mind by the end of the series, and that's all I can see in my mind. So, so bro, just answer the question: Who would you sit next to? Who would I sit next to? Jim Gingham, and I would uh, his his drinks would be on me. 
He probably is a great guy to drink with. Yeah, but he's, absolutely. And probably. the way the way yeah. he went out, he wasn't as nuts as three of these people on this list. Bosk is just he's just a he's just a buzzkill. So no, I wouldn't sit with him. Jim is probably the most interesting out of all these people, and not nearly as insane as Katagina Ali or Dessel. So that's my choice. <laughs> yeah, anything anything with dealing with Ali is he's that. Now you you keep one eye on like Katagina and you keep one eye on him. It's like I ain't trying to get killed <laughs> or shanked in bed. No, number well, hey, just <laughs> that's all y'all. I, I know I I know I know her tricks, so oh. I would search her very thoroughly, yeah. very thoroughly for any shivs. You ever seen Harlem Nights? <laughs> she got a gun under the pillow, bro. <laughs> no, without a doubt. <laughs> I'll be ready for that. She ain't gonna shank me. No you way. Better, better be ready, like Eddie Murphy. That's all. I anyway, <laughs> number two. If you can assign any mobile suits to the above characters and launch them in any battlefield slash operation in any Gundam universe, what will you choose? It can be as crazy as putting Ali Al Sausage in the turn A Ooh. and launch him in the final battle in G Savior just for the lols. Or putting Bascom and Mir Campbell's pink Zaku just so he could die in the most miserable way in the most <laughs> miserable coffin ever. Okay, so I got one. I got one for you. Go ahead. You put Ali Al Sausage in Strike Freedom, Ooh. unleash him uh, in the Age Universe, and just let him destroy everything. Oh my! Put God. everyone, all of these bastards, on both sides out of their misery. Oh, yeah, that's wanton destruction. <laughs> Neo, your pick. Well, I'd have to say um, Ali Al Sausage, and uh, I, I, I would do mine even quicker than yours. Um, Ali Al Sausage, turn A, Gundam Age Universe. Moonlight Butterfly, turn A wins the match. Exactly. <laughs> Age D evolves back to primates. Now, do I do a? Well, I mean, do you have to have a? Does it have to be a Gundam? Because maybe I could have, um, you know, any, like any mobile suit. Oh well, it's either that. It's either Ollie and the the turn A or Ollie and the Idian. So um, that's not a mobile it, suit. That's the god of GMs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry about that. But that's mine. Moonlight Butterfly, Ali wins, turn A wins all. All right, uh, Solbro? Um, I'm going to side with Jim again, and I either put him in the uh, the God Gundam, because I think he'd be a nice fit for that, or I would put him in he the... He already uh, knows the Shining Finger. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> or I would put him in the Red Frame Astray, um, because of the, the fact that it's got katanas, and I know he could, he could probably do a lot of damage with those. And, those, and where do you send him? <laughs> where would I send him to? I would send him to the Destiny universe to clean up shop. <laughs> he could do that because he's all like, war, war, war. Go. There you go. And put him, pit him up against, uh, uh, what's it, uh, Kira, just to see uh, how he, how he uh, matches up. I'm sure Kira would still win because he's, he's got the God suit. But um, I, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Jim would put a hurt on him before he, he went out. So. No, actually, what I would do is I'd put... Um, I put Atherin in the the pink Zaku just to put him out of his misery in that show. <laughs> put me out of his misery too. Oh, but Atherin's not one of the selections, so you know. <laughs> All right. Uh, next we have highest medal. Oh, I never heard of you before, so I guess you're a new poster. So thanks for the question. And his question is, dear Chris, how does it feel to have unintentionally created destiny thanks to that nice prank you pulled back in 03? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, That's a blast well, from the past. <laughs> yeah, that is, that, is, that is a pretty obscure question. So congratulations, sir. He's referring to our April Fool's prank 
mm-hmm. where I went through this elaborate deception talking about uh, Seed's sequel series and the uh, associated grandiose Gundam, which can still be found under the uh, feature section. So, uh, what, what was, is this guy an example of a uh, long-time listener, first-time poster? <laughs> first yes, time no. <laughs> My God. Does he have a request for Casey Kasem? <laughs> a special dedication going out for a lovely young woman I met one time in Philadelphia. Oh. But our time didn't last, but she'll always stay in my heart. Yes. <laughs> I have a long-term dedication. My dad is dead with cancer that has eaten his larynx, and things have been bad. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <laughs> My dog just got blood, and my mom is dying from a horn from her head. What do okay, I- moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Our last questions come from JA38, who says, Hey, guys. Wow, the episode that these questions are being read on was great. I hope this ends up being true. <laughs> one, Neo, since it has been said that you are the only big sports fan of the Gundam hosts, I'm curious about what your favorite teams are. Um, well, because the Olympics are going on now, America. That's all America. that matters. That's it. Okay. So outside of the Olympics, America, America. Yeah. America and America Junior. All right. Who's America Junior? Canada. Never saw The Simpsons. <laughs> when Homer called the Canada America Junior. Oh, America Junior. America I stopped Junior. watching The Simpsons a long time ago. Well, this is this is when it was still kind of good. So. And Florida is America's wang. <laughs> Number two, Chris gets to play game show host on this one. Oh. This multiple choice question is for Sobro. Oh no. Who is in King Arthur's court? Note, we are talking about the actual King Arthur from the legends, not Saji. I know it can be confusing for you. Here are your options. A, an Englishman. B, trolls. C, Peter from Windsor. D, a Connecticut Yankee. So, bro, give us your choice. Well, judging from this question, B. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You've chosen the wrong answer. Yeah. And judging, you lose. Judging from my previous mistakes, A. But uh, <laughs> okay, uh, but by the, process the, elimination, you will eventually get to the right answer. But the correct answer is D. <laughs> A Connecticut Yankee. Finally, yep. I get it right. <laughs> Until next time. Nice. Because <laughs> you can't, you can't help it. Maybe right. it'll be in ten or twenty or thirty episodes, but someday. You let it slip out, an Englishman in King Arthur's court. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll say an Anglo-Saxon in King Arthur's and, court. And we won't let you forget it. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that'll happen. Thank you, everyone, who submitted a question. And again, please drop them off either on Google Voice or the Mechatalk thread. And uh, that will wrap up the mailbag, so I'll kick it back to Solbro. Any other uh, bits of news or bits of business before we close out? Uh, no. Uh, don't invest in Facebook. <laughs> yeah. It might end up broke. Diversify your portfolio. Yeah. Don't be zopped. That's uh, advice courtesy of uh, Wu Tang Financial. Always. Don't, don't be zopped. Because that's the. Uh, don't be that, that, That's the thing now. Whenever there's a failure of an IPO or something, it's being zopped. Yeah. So it's a little Wall Street humor for you. Well, if there's if nothing else, to actually, add. I do have one thing. I'm sitting here online while we were going through these questions. Mm-hmm. The Spice Girls still look good. Oh, you're watching the closing ceremonies? No, I'm <laughs> looking at pictures of them on on a on a news site, and they're talking about oh. the. Damn, God, they still look good. I guess they're holding up. I guess nature's been kind. Oh, well, man. there you go. Thanks, yeah. thanks for Neil, Neil thanks for giving us that information. <laughs> a, little, a little spice, a little spice to close out the episode with. And uh, hey, when you have time, please. Britain has done something right, right? <laughs> <laughs> just, just 
Oh, sorry. No problem. Before uh, before we close out this episode, definitely check out these websites. Head on over where the magic happens. M-A-H-Q.net. That's the Mecca and Anime headquarters. Also, you can check out Gundam's main website at Gundam.net. That's right. It's spelled as it sounds. Also, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, and other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. After listening to this episode, you should definitely check out Chaos Theater. And you can find it by going to chaostheater.blogspot.com. A jack-of-all-trades otaku podcast hosted by MAHQ and Gundam's own Chris Guanche and our favorite pedal bear South, Pedro Cortez. And that's it for episode 107 of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. <gasps> Mr. Hatches and Miss Pierce, long time no see. Look at you. You've certainly changed, Melina. I love your hair. <laughs> it really suits you. Thought I'd try something a bit more grown up. Good to see you, Felt. <sighs> Setsuna, you're not hurt? No. Setsuna. Hmm? Are Saji and Louise all right? The government has evacuated them to a quantum brainwave isolation facility. This new administration seems to have its act together. Now about that information I requested. Yes, about that. Before we get into this, could I have a moment to catch my breath? Of course. In that case, we'll assemble in the briefing room at 0012. Yes, ma'am. You guys should get some rest, too. Your room's just as you left it. Thank you. Let's go, Marie. Right. Here, I'll go with you. Felt. See you later. Sure. Hey, Setsuna, is something wrong? Not really. It's nothing. You sensed something, didn't you? Yeah, but I can't put it into words. You're worried about Setsuna, aren't you, Felt? I'm just kind of scared. Ever since Setsuna became an innovator, it's like he's gone back to the way he used to be when we first met. When he didn't open his heart up for anything, or anyone. He's just struggling to come to terms with his reformation. And his new abilities. He's overly conscious about how different he's become from the rest of us. But isn't there anything I can do to help him through it? There is. Keep caring for him. Caring for him? Yes. That's what you need to understand each other. Even if you're on different paths, you have to continue caring for him. Otherwise, your feelings will never reach him. Those feelings are what tie people together. They're what help us understand each other in the truest sense. So those feelings you have, don't ever give them up. Right. At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. If you're looking to get the job done, be it murder or rescuing ladies. You cannot do better than old guys Who were popular back in the 80s 
Yes, old or prematurely bald The fearless fighting force that's called The Expendables The Expendables The Expendables The Expendables The Expendables Our careers were basically over Every one of us starring in shit Then one man came along with a vision And voila, just like that, it's a hit So no more straight to DVD Cause I got you and you got me The Expendables The Expendables The Expendables The Expendables The Expendables The Expendables PT-13 is for pussy The entire world turned against me Against you Cause I went and had sex with the maid I'm in desperate need of attention So let me help with your latest crusade I'll re-establish who I am When we take down Jean-Claude Van Damme Expendables, the 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 expendables,